This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Just uh, very happy to see my man David Ortiz get in the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, it's one day until, um, you know, Kobe Bryant two-year anniversary uh, of his passing. Uh, so, yeah, end of January is always going to be a uh, kind of a weird thing from now on, I guess. Yeah, so give me more on that. Like, what are your favorite memories from David Ortiz or, or if you want to give like a uh, or talk about that era of the Red Sox? Yeah, man. Like um, I became a Red Sox fan in 2003 when my uh, grandfather died. He died right before the season started um, in March of 2003. I was like, all right, I'm going to I didn't even like I watched baseball from time to time. And, you know, I knew who Pedro Martinez was and like Nomar and shit like that. And the Yankees, of course. But I was like, I'm going to become a hardcore baseball fan or whatever. And then um, David Ortiz is essentially the man that slayed the Yankees. Uh, my grandfather would have loved him. like, And he was just the ultimate clutch bat in the lineup. You throw it down and in, it's fucking gone. Um, just uh, the heart of the city, all that shit, like a leader, like a pillar of Boston sports and um, he is, you know, between him and Pedro, those are like my two favorite Red Sox or whatever. And what David Ortiz like meant to the city for 14 years is, I, I don't know, you know, too many David Ortiz's don't walk through the, through the door and seeing him go in first ballot is really awesome. Three world series is um turning into a human fireball in 2013 um in the world Didn't he like 600 in the network series yes, or something he, like that it was hotter than the sun it was ridiculous <laughs> um the 2004 alcs um games uh being up during game four watching it and then game five and it was like we're going back to the bronze tonight or some shit like that we'll be right back here tonight and it was just like these marathon games um you know, 2006, he had his best home run season. Um, and then, you know, there was there was times where, you know, 
they thought David Ortiz was done. He would get off to a slow start um, at times in the season and then like turn that shit around. And, you know, he was just great. And he was, uh, you know, he's, he, he's arguably my favorite Red Sox ever. And I was really happy to, uh, to see him go in and, you know, whether it was like, hey, you got to roll out and play first base in a World Series when you don't play all year and he's, you know, perfectly fine or whatever and didn't see him trying to steal a base, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, you know, it, he's great, man. Like, he's he's the, you know, it, words can't describe between him and Manny. Like, oh, my God, I fucking love those guys. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I... He wasn't somebody that I, as I'm a Yankees fan, so like it is what it is. But like I more gravitated towards Manny. It might have been because I had a long relationship with Manny, like you know, like watching him in you know Cleveland and then then go to Boston. You know, he was around. He was in my life longer. Ortiz is kind of like, where the fuck did this guy come from? And then it's like, and then like he, and then you're in the playoffs when he's like, where the fuck did this guy come from? <laughs> this is bullshit. Where, why was he this fucking good on the Twins? This is bullshit. But uh. Yeah, like is in this as far as his numbers is indisputable. As far as him being a Hall of Famer, I thought that they were gonna fuck with him because of the uh, the Mitch report thing or whatever else. Um, and you know me, like I don't care if you took PEDs. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't care. Like put on his plaque that he tested positive or any of these dudes tested positive or the suspicion of them or that someone wrote a book. That they could, you know, that has information on the use of the stuff, whatever. Put him in, like he he deserves to be in, like all these guys be, deserve to be put on. Put in. and the thing for me which is weird was like he gets in on the first ballot, um, with the test, and it goes back to like the baseball thing being, uh, like the writers just being this, you know, this this like fraternity of nonsense is like okay so we're putting we're putting in bagwell we're putting in piazza we're, but we're leaving out the best pitcher since world war ii we're leaving out the best baseball players since world war ii we're leaving out due to his 660 home runs it's kind of dumb yeah. like what, are, what are, we're picking and choosing and you know i i i think it's kind of nonsense either like obviously there's a case-by-case thing i guess to make for it but it's like so we're gonna leave out a rod Probably given like the way his initial percentage came in, looking at it today, like he's basically right where Bonds and Clemens were. So it's mm-hmm. like those those guys just missed it, right? So like I extrapolate like you know ten years from now, if he's gonna ju- he's gonna be in like the mid sixties or it's like in the or the mid seventies and be just short by like a handful of votes. Um, so like it, it comes down to like the veterans committee to like to kind of save these baseball writers that are gonna die off that are idiots. Um, it is what it is. Like we're let we let racists and woman beaters and and cheaters in there because of the, uh, the uh because of the morals clause. But like don't look, but we're gonna put the steroid users instead of amphetamine users from the from you know back in the day. We're gonna put the steroid users or PED users in from this era. Like and, and basically ban them off like they're fucking Joe Jackson or Pete Rose who were gambling on the shit. It's like this isn't yeah. the same thing. What are we doing? Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, like I th- Ortiz is like literally the only Hall of Famer from the last two classes. They didn't, no one got in last year. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I haven't even heard of anybody else going in with Ortiz. He's the only one that got in. It's crazy. The only other people that even got close, like Bonds and Clemens, got in this like in the mid seventies of the percentage. They didn't get the full seventy five percent. 
which means they were short by like, kind of think it's 400 and some voters. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about like a dozen voters that, that there are a dozen voters short or something like that for a few of them. Straight up bitches. Yeah, it's, it's nonsense. Like, look, man, I my eyes saw what they saw. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I understand that Barry Bonds was really mean to you guys, and, and <laughs> you know, I understand that. But like, what are we doing here? Um, I just don't. I don't get it. I understand that. Like, you think that um, Roger Clemens is full of shit. It's like, yeah, but you see him pitch. He won seven Cy Youngs. Yeah. He yeah. like in the same thing with both of them is like. They both won like three Cy Youngs and three MVPs respectively before, before they got on this shit. Like, like we're you now now we're coming across we're seeing people like uh, for example um, Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland is now like uh, I think he's in like the fifties now, or, or in his sixties. Like he he's going to get in like the next two or one or two years. Is like okay, so. Y'all perfectly fine putting in Scott Rowland, who basically once he turned like 30, early 30s, was shelling himself with injuries, but he was like, you know, we're ta- at his peak. Now, he was a bad motherfucker at right, his peak. Right, at his peak. We, we understand yeah. that, but we're like, what are we comparing this to? Right? Like, we would say at someone's peak is like, okay, yes, he was uh, one of the best uh, third bases ever, and third base is kind of under underrepresented in the Hall of Fame. There's only like 17 ever that's got in. Like you can make a case that Scott Rowland's like the ninth or tenth best cert or third baseman ever. Okay, what is A Rod? That's <laughs> third base. <laughs> this is fucking dumb. What are we doing? Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't recall Scott Rowland ever winning two MVPs. Whatever. Okay, if you say so, man. Or two you know, or two MVPs at third base. I, you know I, it's just, I think, it's goofy. It's I just think goofy. people might hate A Rod more than they hate Bonds. So well, I mean, you got to think about it. The reason why people hate A Rod is because he made two hundred and fifty-two million dollars on a contract. How dare he get? How dare he take the money that the Texas Rangers gave him? And then he, and yeah. then he, and then he, his biggest sin is he tries too hard to let people like him. I'm sorry, what? I've never understood this A Rod. He's a narcissist. He's one of the best. He's one of the best athletes in the world. Bro, That's kinda, that kind of goes with the territory of narcissism. Sorry, there, there's a lot of. A Rod and Kobe comparisons, like especially so? like Kobe between like you know w- when I read uh, the Showtime or the, the the book that they wrote about like the the Perlman you know, book, yeah, the Perlman book. Like okay. there's a lot of A Rod, Kobe, narcissist, trying too hard, uh, never quite comfortable in their skin. Like a lot of like similarities there. I mean. There are similarities there, especially because of, um, you know, Kobe's upbringing, like... Young prodigy, all that shit. Prodigy, prodigy, um, like, the the code switching that comes from, you know, just speaking Spanish to speaking English to being in Miami to Kobe, like, speaking multiple languages, being from Italy, or growing up in Italy, coming over here, having to acclimate to not only the American experience, but the African-American experience. Like, there are parallels there, but I've never, I I just never considered them before. But this is mm-hmm. absolutely there. It, it's instant. Um, yeah, man. It's it, it's it's. I'm. I you know, look. Ortiz should be in. Like flat out. So whatever. Like he's one. He's the second best DH I've ever seen. Maybe you know. Depends on how you feel about Edgar Martinez or not. Like eventually, the way this is going, when people not getting in, like we're gonna start seeing people besides like Mariano Rivera getting in. We're gonna see like Trevor Hoffman's and um. 
and, and people of that ilk getting in and like they're gonna start looking at people because of their peaks as opposed to like you gotta play 15 years kid so um yeah like they're gonna if they're going to do this with the hall of fame and they're gonna say hey this whole entire era andrew jones might get in andrew jones yeah. might possibly get in because i mean best one of what one or two or three best defensive center fiddles ever t- hit for tons of power you know, he fell off like a bag of like a bad bag of dope uh, once he reached a certain age, but he had a run. I, I, I like that Kurt Schilling like withdrew his name last year when he didn't get in. Like, are you serious? Then, That's what happened. Yeah, he he withdrew his name because he was like, "This is bullshit. I don't want to leave like it up to, you know." He's and, one of and he's one of those where it's like it's being held against because he's an asshole. Yeah, and it's yeah. like that's not what that's not what this is for. It, it, like. Look, I think Kurt Schoen is a goddamn idiot. I think Kurt Schoen is a goddamn legend at the same time. Same, same, same exactly. Same thing. Same thing. So, like, I would, I, I would never want to hang out with that dude ever. However, like, he's, what, two, two World Series MVPs? Yeah, he was. The co-MVP with the Diamondbacks, but whatever, we, we get that. Like, he was, he was a, he was one of the best clutch or post or postseason pitchers ever. So I, 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 it's weird what they do, man, and it's like yeah. it don't make me want to walk, come back to the game. It really doesn't. Every, every year when I see like the legends that I watch with my own fucking eyes, like they be like, nah, no, no, right, right, yeah. Like it's crazy because like Pedro old as hell. Like Pedro yep. was there with uh, David Ortiz when we got the call. Oh, so this video of it. Yeah, I, I sent it to one of the group chats we're okay, in, but cool. it, it's it's awesome. So, congrats to... Uh, Manny's never getting in. That's, that's fucking Yeah, stupid. Manny's never getting that's in. That's fucking stupid. I'm sorry. So congrats stupid. to Big Poppy, and, uh, you know, this is his fucking Hall of Fame class. <laughs> yeah, that was a big deal, like, the that that speech after the, after the marathon bombing. Like, that was a big deal. Like, that pretty much, like, obviously, you know, like... I, I don't I don't recall any other uh like af, like black black uh Boston athlete having that kind of love for him ever. Like Bill Russell didn't even get that kind of love. Right? Like they broke into his house, shat on his bed. He no black. Well, there there's also that too. But you get my point, is like they they don't love they don't love uh Manny the way, or, or Pedro the way they loved Ortiz. And Pedro uh... and Pedro at his best was like what the second best baseball player I've ever saw? Yeah, like I, I think that's a whole thing, though. Like, um, like Dominican players and like the Dominican community in Boston kind of runs deep. So there's like, you know, there's like mm-hmm. love there for them. So yeah, yeah, there's a there's a big Trinidad or not Trinidad, but like there is a Trinidad influence out there. But like, there's a big Caribbean influence in Boston, and um, yeah, you're right about that. Um. So, um, any anything else particularly you want to talk about? Because I got I got a few I got two things. Nah. All right. So I watched me some football this weekend, and boy, the football treated the, me well. The slave ball, the yeah. Fo- the slave ball treated me well. The slave ball was like, James, we miss you. We like you to come back, and we're going to give you and offer you. Uh, in a way, it's like you know we talk about uh how they treat me how I feel like I want I want you know WWE to treat me right where it's like I watch once a month and then they give me something real great and I'd be like I might give him a shot like like how we talking about Noah this year right 
like that yeah. one one show. Like they they treat you good when you come through the door, right? They do. Yeah. They really do. They come out yeah. here to get, they'll, they'll, they'll kill you, give you some killer matches, man. Um, the the two Sunday games, like inc- really good football, like a great closing stretch from um the Tampa uh L A game where like come back from from uh. I think it was a twenty-three. To, I think it was a twenty-seven to three deficit, not quite twenty-eight-three, but twenty-seven to three. Mm, Brady mm. ends up tying it, and then like it's like, all right, all right, Stafford, you've won one playoff game. You've been to playoffs like this is your third or fourth time. Fourth time, like you won one game in a blowout with against a team that had no business like even being in the playoffs. Let's see it. What you gonna do? Hitting a strike to Cooper Cup, gets the field goal range, get the field goal game over. Okay, go to hell. Right. So Brady, Brady out in that second half stretch with like you know Aaron Donald and uh, Leonard uh, Floyd and uh, bro that defense, bro all those names that are on the Rams that shit sounds like crazy. That's the thing, right? So Von Miller, like, these Jaylen are all Ramsey, people I remember. They're still good, right? Right, like Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's still the best defensive player in, in the league, right? Um. Like they're treating him almost like LeBron or Jordan, where there's like they they come they're not coming up with a reason not to give him defensive player of the year now at this point. Mm. This is the first year it started, but that's where they're at now. Where it's like, who's the best defensive player in the league? Aaron Donald. Who's gonna win defensive MVP? Probably JJ Watt. Or sorry, TJ Watt. It's like, come on, man. Anyway, um, so Von Miller getting pressure. Jalen Ramsey's on is pretty much guarding throughout the game, guarding uh Mike Evans. Uh, you know, Antonio Brown's not not knowing Bucks anymore, because you know, that weird thing. Um their best receiver probably Chris Godwin. He's hurt, so he won't play. And then also like the, their right tackle was out, and their backup stinks. So like they like Floyd and and Donald and and Von Miller just t- he's a turnstile, bro. They just going right. Look, they put <laughs> in the token. They going right through to the subway. In the subway is Tom Brady. Uh, like they was on his ass throughout the game. It was like seventeen times he had to, he got pressured. And like even while and that happened throughout the whole entire game, including while Brady is still figuring out how to put, you know, twenty four points on the board to tie the game up, and it's like, oh man, this is crazy. Like they're gonna go to overtime, and if they, you know, if they goes overtime, Brady's about to send them home. And Stafford was like, uh, nah, I'm not. No, I'm not doing this. I'm not gonna go out here and lose and blow a twenty four point lead, and uh. Brady, you know, there's some speculation they might retire. I think he's coming back, but we'll see. Um, now, the the real thing, man, Chiefs versus, I'm sorry, Bills versus Chiefs. That was, all right, so you know you start, people start talking about, like, immediate instant reaction. They prison the moment, they start about, like, this is the best game ever and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. kind of like, you start pulling them up the immediate, like, come on, man, there's this, that, and the third, right? I'm not finna get into the comparison game, but it is absolutely one of the greatest NFL games of all time. Like, wow, bro, there were four punts in the game or four or five punts in the entire game. Like, it was that. RL football. Yeah, man. It, it really was some RL FB. It really was. You would love this game. Uh, Mahomes is doing Mahomes things. Um, I sent you, I, you know, I sent you stuff every so often and like you saw what he was doing. That was like some of that stuff was ridiculous. Uh, like J- um, Josh Allen is basically like, he, he's Cam Newton. He, he's like, he's like Pete Cam Newton reincarnated. Um, mm-hmm. and it's fun to watch and like 
it was just back and forth and back and forth. And like that last two minute or that to, you know, from the two minute warning until the overtime, like it was like based like a half hour real time of like five star wrestling, except it was football. We just like, <laughs> okay, you're going to go score. Now you left too much time on the clock. Okay. You scored. Damn. You left too much time on the clock. Okay. Damn. He scored. Damn. It's 13 seconds. I think Mahomes might get down here. Oh shit. He did it. 13 seconds. is fucking ridiculous. And then kick the field goal, get the ball back, go right down. Like it, it was, it was a fantastic game. Um, it really was, and yeah, like I, it was. They got me back for the play. Like I was, I, you know, last year the only game I watched was the Super Bowl, I, I believe. Yeah, the only game I watched last year in the NFL was Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and the only, um, the only college game I watched was the national championship game. Um, this year, like I didn't, I didn't watch any college until the SEC championship game, SEC championship game, and then I mm-hmm. watched national title game. Um, football is football is giving me games to be like come back. You, you know you want you know you want to do it. Don't it feel good? Don't don't you don't you don't you miss us? And I do, I really do. So we'll see how this goes uh, next season. But um, but yeah, like I still always follow. I just don't watch it. But um, yeah, man, it was it was wild. It was really fun. Uh, and the other thing this is a real short story. Of what I was doing was um. Like so, just in anticipation of potentially tomorrow, I played the uh, the Paramore uh, Riot album. Oh yeah, I- I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of we'll see how we'll see what exactly plays at, uh, um, tomorrow in Cleveland uh, for uh, for if Gargano shows up or not. But I I got myself kind of uh, got myself kind of punk because I haven't listened to that album in like a decade. Yeah, probably like a decade. But yeah, that's all that's all I have. That's a short thing. So let's get into it, man. Um. Where do you want to start? There's plenty of stuff, but where do you want to start? Uh, let's see. Leo Rush. <sighs> Leo Rush um, on Twitter over the weekend posted saying that, as I think, believe, um, on Valentine's Day, his contract with AEW will expire and he will um, move on from, from there. And um, it's kind of, it's just really weird. Uh, you know, the turn, the length of the contract, just uh, some just doesn't seem right. It's some, it seems like some make that make any sense. Um, where it is that like he, you know, he wants to move around. Um, and you know, he he does do New Japan strong. He is going to move around. He's you know he kind of always has, but it's kind of like this is I I, I kind of felt like this is this place to. Kind of, if you can still, if you want to do all that stuff, you you can still do it. But this is a place where, like, you can keep your name like, out there at the highest level, to, keep yeah. yourself at the highest level of relevancy. And like, <laughs> you haven't necessarily done enough outside of show your skill. Like, you haven't shown that like you can carry a program. You haven't shown that like you can finish a program. <laughs> um, like, that's kind of what it was in NXT when with the with the guards and stuff is like. This is really fun, but like I would like to see him, given his talents, have a full form storyline and show showcase what he can actually do from you know the beginning of something to finish it through and then and then go from there. Like, and I don't think he's ever, from what I've seen of him, I've never seen him do that. And I'm and that's what I kind of waiting on. It's like he's so talented. I just wish he could. His, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, uh, I wish that like his, um, his sense of timing was 
longer because it feels like he's just always eager to move on to the next thing. And I, I remember listening to his Jericho podcast and he's very goal oriented and he's very focused on like, or at least at one point in time, he wanted to be the globe trotting top draw, wrestled everywhere, wrestled a bunch, wrestled more dates than anyone else type of person. And he realized there was a vacuum for that, like, you know, um, post Osprey doing it. And I don't know if this is, this goes back to him wanting to get back into that mode or whatever else, or, you know, or being the top, you know, indie guy. But um, I, I just, uh, I just really would have wanted him to set someplace and have a piece of work or, or, or a whole piece of work as opposed to like, it feels like he's a really great rapper at, at songs or whatever else, but it's like, I want to see you make an album, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I, 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 you can take it from there. That's kind of where I'm at on it. I'm kind of just disappointed from the fact that not because like, you know, anything cr- bad is going to happen. Like we'll see him around, but it's like, I would have liked to see him here for a little, for longer. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at with it. I was like, well, what promotion do I like the best? AEW. Yeah. Um, so where do I want to see Leo Rush? AEW probably and you sure you don't want um, the GCW nah bro we gonna get the GCW (laughs) I just want to you know just just let people know like oh yeah oh yeah get ready yeah that's like working Um, the leg you know (laughs) (laughs) but I I saw this and I was I was puzzled and then I figured like he had to be on like either some type of prove it contract or it was like he asked for a shorter term or something like because this is a, it doesn't really make sense and then like mm-hmm. he hasn't even had a singles match in the promotion yet so um yeah, that's true. and it's just it, it's it's baffling like the timing of course everyone assumed it was like you know some well my conspiracy theory was i thought he was under secret su- suspension and he would be back and then whatever and then while in that secret suspension he was like well can i have my release but I guess it didn't work out like that. Like, so um, I'll take the L on that one. But um, yeah, it stinks to see to see him go. But like, hopefully one day, you know, they'll bring him back. But it, I don't know. Like that, it, it made me sad because I'm like, well, was it his last like chance on a major league level in America? Like, because like you know WWE, he's obviously had his problems there. And, I don't yeah, know if he's they, yeah, they owe him money. They didn't want to pay him. They fired him. Yeah. Um, then here, I don't know if it's necessarily problems why he's leaving, but he's not coming back for whatever reason. So I don't know if it's they didn't want him back or, you know, they had some type of early termination date. And it, it just fucking sucks. Like, because like he's raw as fuck. And um I, I think he's gonna ultimately do stuff that means less in lesser places that I don't think he's you know, I, I saw his match in GCW uh, against Blake Christian. It was fine. It was like three and three quarters, maybe four stars if you really liked it. But it was like it, it felt like complete like that wasn't the environment for that. Like it, you're he's a higher caliber guy at this point and um i think he's spinning his tires and um i I wonder what mark henry thinks of this i'm interested oh god i don't know what mark henry thinks leo rush again um yeah it's it's just really weird and you know we were talking about it um as it was happening just more the thought was like all right like 
it just seemed so out of nowhere that it's almost like, does this tie into, you know, what happened with him asking, you know, Tony Khan for a, a to apologize to uh, Big Swole after what, ha- <clears throat> what happened uh, a couple weeks ago? So, we, we all talked it out, and we was kind of like, this like, I don't really, think it don't, that it was don't like you know this is what you do when you grasp the draws and nothing, it don't really seem like it makes sense right so like it you know that's the kind of where we're you know we're, it just catches all off guard and you know I wish him the best and like I you know be honest like you know we're gonna see him on strong or, or whatever else but like I, I really wish that he would have he could have figured out or they could have figured out something because like the dude's just like he's one of the top talents in the ring in this country so it's like. You know, I, there's a bunch of matches I like to see. I would like to actually see the Dante Martin match. I would like to actually see the Ricky Starks match. I would like to see, you know, him and Phoenix. You know that kind of stuff. Darby, um, in, I guess not for now. I guess not right now. Right, right. Um. So speaking of people in work disputes or work situations, Mustafa Ali. Uh, <sighs> Was not last Boy. week, but the week before. Um, we actually forgot last week to talk about it, and it yep. worked out in our favor. <laughs> yeah, he uh, publicly asked for his release from WWE. Um, you know, gave the gave the the talk about you know thanks for the time on himself, but I would like to move on. Um, days passed, and this is a time as you know they last year um, they cut ninety different talents. Um, there's no word that like they're done cutting people. Um, and Tony storm just the other week or like last month got yeah. a release that right. she asked for like in the same day. Yeah. Seemingly or in, in 48 hours at least. Um, and uh, so, you know, he asked for his release and then, you know, the days go by and people were kind of like, um, or the word is like there was a, a news comes out that there was a conversation over you know a character even though like you know he's been pitching a bunch of different characters and angles for over the years to try to make stuff pop for him and it's always been a no and then he'll show us the stuff and we're kind of like why the fuck did they say no to this um, and you know the word comes out that like there was a pitch for something that he thought was unacceptable and there was a back and forth between him and Vince and then after that then you get the um, word that he wants home. to. He wants to, yeah. He wants to um, go home, or he wants to. Uh, he wants his release, and then after that, like, yeah, you're right. Like he went home, or they told him to go home with pay, and then now he's asked for his release in the aftermath of that. So um, people were, you know, is Vincent Man is the art tour of WWE over the last uh, 35 plus years? We know that, or we all have our assumptions of what could have been uh, said to him or pitched to him. And, and yeah, um, we don't know yet, but I think we're going to find out eventually. Um, and I don't think he's going to be as nice as Dean Ambrose uh, or slash John Moxley was when he left uh, WWE over the, you know, whatever uh, Vince wanted him to say about Roman. So um, yeah. So as far as a you know the, the the standoff whatever you want to call it that's kind of where we are right now he's home he's getting paid um i mean sound like he don't want the money either yeah that man posted it like he's he's doing all these posts on social media now where he's standing in front of burning money right. he's uh blocking wwm fox he's uh, like bro 
like it had to be some racist shit that Vince told him. Like it, like there's that's the only thing that you know kind of jives here. I I mean I'm not gonna look. I'm if you were asked me to guess, I would guess something along those lines, right? Um, yeah. but you know I I, I but I'm also willing to just wait because like I'm sure we'll hear about it eventually. Yep. Um, yep. so yeah, just. But- you know, I don't think this is, this is going to last. Like this isn't this isn't going to be an impasse that goes on for like a year. Or yeah, something I don't think like it's going to be a pack. I thing feel at all. like this is this going to be a pack level thing. Like I think that like it'll it could be like a situation like how it was with um with Lince Dorado and um, Grand Metalik where they asked for the release, they say no, and then in the next wave of cuts, he'll probably be on the list. I think that I I think that's most likely to happen. Why did they not want to just give him an initial thing to fuck with him? Um. So yeah. we'll, we'll 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 see, but you know, super talented dude. Incredibly I feel like a dude that should be on guy. TV somewhere. A dude that wrestles that wrestles super hard every time I ever see him. Um, so a dude that like you, you when you talk about like the Observer, um, most underrated list year after year. You know, you think of you know that list kind of be like the most um, under push compared to skill level or overness. Like he's somebody that is, should be perennially on there, and I'm sure has finished in the top, you know, five a couple times before. So and he's like he's he's wasted a lot of his career in WWE. He's he's either 35 or uh, he's older than 35 now. Uh-huh. He's he's for sure at least 35 now. Um, that guy, from the first time I saw him, I was like, he's special. Um, hasn't really always got the opportunities to really show it, but I feel like he's he's like a dream signing for a Tony Khan, a Pakistani indie wrestler with <laughs> Chicago roots. Like I feel like Tony Khan would identify with him and knows what how he would push him, and especially like uh, for a company like you know when Big Swole left, she was like you know some people need you know a little more when it comes to you know creative and help yeah. with that stuff. This guy needs none. Like this man right. will will shoot his videos himself, like like Darby. Yeah. Um, he, everybody everybody fucking loves him. Like do you online. remember um, when he was doing the stuff with uh, with Ricochet and they were doing all that stuff for fucking main event? Yes. Like, come on, man! Like, grab the bass yeah. ring, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This guy. Oh, that's not enough. T- it's bullshit. Oh, okay. This guy's a super talent. That's once again exposing WWE. Uh, on a like with their pants down, the emperor has no clothes. Like right. all these budget cuts, y'all don't want to release me. This is a power thing. This is um, a perception thing, and this is a you are not signing with all elite wrestling right now thing. Like it's uh you know you why like Mustafa Ali's leaving um, footprints on social media on what he's doing, replying to Daniel Garcia and shit and uh-huh. training videos and shit. So um, uh-huh. it's all out there. And they, like, you know, I know where the arrow's pointing here, but um, yeah. My, my thing is even without uh, AEW, right? Like there is no rest promotion in America where he can't go and do some and do something very good. There isn't one. He's that. Yep. I mean, he's that kind of creative force. He's that kind of level of wrestler. Man, I, like, it, is it he the second? Like, like in this era, right? Is either him or Pot that's a great? That's the greatest cruiserweight champion ever. You know what? 
I don't remember him winning it. I no, it was, no, he no, he won. I yeah, think yeah. he won for a short time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, he, uh, like Cedric Alexander was up there too. But he's definitely one of the guys you identify when you think of like two hundred five live and what two hundred five live was before they you know dismantled it. Essentially, right. like the back when I used to watch it. Like, right. Right. He was he was fucking excellent. Like, like I I don't know, man. Like. And I can imagine the stories he has about Saudi Arabia and everything else that to go with that. This guy is like, you know, they. I don't think they want him getting out and being like, oh, you're going to, you know, getting that that interview with Renee Young or Renee Paquette on oral sessions. You know, the talking Jericho interview, like it, the Wade Keller interview, like it can go sideways fast. Like, and I was like. Musab Ali, all you got to do is use your power. If you want to get out of there, like, you know, holla at Andrade, see how he got out of there. Because I feel like there's a, you know, there's could, there could be some kind of common link here, you know. Mm. Interesting. Whatever could that link be? Um, moving on. Uh, so what's next on the, uh, on the list? GCW. Man. Um, I watched the show Sunday. And what was the official name of the show? Because I've just been calling it the GCW Hammerstein the, Ballroom. Show. Yeah, the world on GCW with no O, right? Right. Okay. I watched this show, and I'm their biggest show ever. It. In their biggest right? show ever. Uh, I've gone to GCW shows in person before on different WrestleMania weekend shows. I've gone to Joey Janela Spring Break, Bloodsport. Uh, yep. I've gone to For the Culture, um, and. I've seen GCW's profile grow and a lot. Those events are like specialized events that don't, you know, represent kind of the, what GCW like. It wasn't those three events Sunday. Right. Like it wasn't no matches like with no ropes and shit out there. Right. <laughs> and, um, this is like, you know, saw the Jeff Jarrett pro- promo going into it. The, like I thought his, promo was awesome like this video package they did um you saw john Moxley was gonna be defending against homicide and you know i just saw like you know the big show i was gonna check it out so i watched this shit and the scramble on the pre-show is one of the greatest scramble matches i've ever seen in my life just dudes doing things that complete ropw that i've never seen before if you're hearing me uh, on this show, go out of your way to see this match. It's crazy. But they, on that pre-show, outshine the rest of the show. Um, <laughs> this show, like, was ass, bro. Like, And it was like the crowd, like, it was like they were only really into the irony bullshit. It seemed like the wrestlers that were in there, they they were getting a really cool Lucha Libre match starring Bandito. They weren't really reacting that well. They put Psycho Clown on the pre-show and had him like get thrown out. Thunder Rosa was on the pre-show in the Battle Royal, um, and I, it was just like. I was, you know, me. I was like, Psycho Clown didn't win. Shut the promotion down. Like, I was clowning <laughs> or whatever, but. Um, I watched it, felt very amateurish. Uh, the commentary was abysmal, of course. They were just cursing all night and whatever. That's their style, so I'm not going to 
um, bang on him too much for that. Um, Leo Rush and Blake Christian, as I mentioned, was cool. You know, it was it was a pretty good match. I, I described it. I was like, it's a uh, it's a match that would be good on any mid card in the world or whatever. So, um, but the rest of it, the top three matches, abysmal. Jeff Jarrett and Effie, horrible. Jeff Jarrett did look good though. Looks like he could suit up somewhere. Like he hits the road hey, still. Don't put that shit. Don't put that shit punch. Don't say that shit. Bro. Yeah. Like he looked awesome. He yes, was one I'm, of the highlights look, on the look, show. He'll on his deathbed he'll still be able to throw good punches. Yeah. We'll agree we can agree on that, right? Yeah, for yeah, sure. But, yeah, yeah. Um card Matt Cardona and Joey Janela was one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Um just Cody Rose would think there was too much bullshit in this match. Um just just shit happening left and right that you don't know like what the fuck is doing here like soul train jones came out during it wearing a vince mcmahon mask uh and they he said basically it's vincent that's here and then thinking like he was wearing a vince mcmahon mask but it's fucking virgil um fucking and it's a play on the end up on the end of dusty Rhodes vince uh nwo yeah. name um, oh they're bringing out Hornswoggle under the ring. Um, Chelsea Green's doing the fake double turn with like just like his one final beat and shit, and it's like horrible. And it's just like a spot in the middle of the match. It's not like the crescendo or anything. It's like, oh yeah, we're like ten minutes into it. We're just <laughs> we just need like a a change of like you know momentum, whatever. And then. Um, all of a sudden Brian Myers in the ring unmasking like he's the black scorpion or something and be like it's Brian Myers you know Kurt Axel yes I'm sorry, not, I'm sorry uh Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. Hawkins yeah Kurt yeah. um it was just has, he, has Kurt Axel Russell since he got fired from WWE no okay sorry got out of business um but I this match was like it's exactly what the crowd w- wanted they were reacting and everything the crowd like that, was but, it was over with the crowd Right. Wow. I thought it was horrible. Like, I thought it was like, there's a one-star match. Um, fucking uh, Ruby Soho and the Alley Cat. The Alley Cat can't hang athletically. Sorry. like Which is I, saying something. It ain't like Ruby Soho is the, the best athlete in the world either. Right. And it was like, the finish looked good. I'll give them that. But the rest of the match, like, like Alley Cat, you got to stop talking about pwg in your tweets sorry i don't i don't care if you're advocating like nothing like i don't want to hear it no um what else um the ladder match in the, be- the beginning to grab the brass the ring thing abysmal aj gray falling off the top of that bitch like just creating a meme where he falls on another ladder so, hilarious wait so was that planned or what was he trying to do i think he was trying for a dive but like either slipped because the ladders they were using they weren't like wrestling ladders i think so like i think he got wrestling a bad ladders jump. from the wrestling store right uh, <laughs> i think he got a bad jump off the ladder and then he came up short and ate shit on another ladder uh, i thought it was on the turnbuckle no he was above the ladder or whatever above oh. the turnbuckle on okay. a ladder okay um and Jordan Oliver, he was jumping on the rope during the springboard shit, but he was shaking on the ropes like more than Cody. Um, and we know Cody, like, you know, you know, he's he'll shake on the ropes or whatever when he's up there. But like, like you a young guy, you're supposed to be like an athlete. Like, no. Um, Christian and Leo Rush, some creative spots in there. I'll give them that. I thought they, they had a decent match. I thought it would be better, but, um, 
you know, it is what it is. That was short notice. Uh, Gresham was out due to COVID. He was supposed to def- defend against Blake Christian. Leo right. Rush originally was supposed to be in that ladder match. Right. I thought, so, you know, a lot of people were saying Leo, like, no right. show or whatever. I was like, right. man, I, I hope, like, everything's all right. Right. I, then <laughs> I got word he was fine. I was like, shit. <laughs> so, so I'm watching uh, the Bills Chiefs playoff game. So like you and uh Josh Josh Smith from Keeping the Strong Style and uh a couple people else here and there, like maybe Zach Porter, were uh were like saying things that were happening around the show or what was or what y'all were seeing on your screens while I'm watching this all time playoff game. And the stuff that y'all were telling me, it sounded like a like y'all were like high on shrooms. Like what do you mean Horns Woggle showed up? What, what do you mean, Marco Stunt then showed up? Oh, yeah, I forgot you, about that. Yeah. Like, and, he, and he has blonde hair. What what do you mean, Leo Rush, at the, the, on the same day where he said he's leaving the AEW, just no show, like, what would now be the biggest promotion he works in? And, like, what like what what in the Antonio Brown is going on with Leo Rush? I was like, yo, what the fuck's happening right now? Right. So so you know then you find out like oh yeah he's 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 being replaced in this match he's they were supposed to be on but no one ever announced shit he's gonna be a fill in for Gresham and Gresham is gone I think it's COVID related right yeah yeah so um he's in COVID jail and I was like okay all right I was like you know one of those like you know Denzel and John Q is like oh whew, you almost had me there I was, I was worried about Leo so but yeah like it just sounded. Uh, up to that point that you mentioned, like it just sounded like it was just nonsense going on in the show, and yeah. you know, um, but then again, you think about it, like as you mentioned, like those non-specialty matches, like outside, like the Effie's Big Gay Brunch, outside of the uh, Blood Sports, outside of um, uh, you know the uh, for the culture stuff, like outside of those specialized uh, GCW events, like most of this stuff is crummy wrestling, crummy deathmatch wrestling. And it's like, and they were dodging the regulations from New York, so they couldn't really, really go into the deathmatch stuff like yeah, very yeah. heavy. So they were kind of limited on that, which kind of they not allowed. They weren't allowed to use razors or something like that. I think they couldn't do like the pipes and shit, like all the. the did you um, did you use light tubes? Light tubes. I, just say light I, I think tubes, could, like I'm from Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I don't, don't think they could. I don't think they could do that. So what okay. I think they were left with was their roster being exposed for not really having anybody you'd come back for. Um, I don't think there was a single wrestler that worked the show that got more over than they went into it. Aside from Jeff Jarrett. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, there's no one I would ever want to come back and watch uh, on there again. Like I said, um, Effie's like a, a nice character, but there's nothing there uh, in the ring. Um, then uh, they put John Moxley in the semi-main event with Homicide, and Homicide can't move. Crowd has no reaction. This is like a two and a half star match. It's just Mox just fucking eats him up, kills him, whatever. Um, and I'm like, oh, so Moxley is the semi main event. What the fuck is the main event? So the whole thing has been, well, Nick Nick Gage is supposedly not on this show or whatever. Right. And then you know they come out um, and it's the Briscoes tag team title open challenge match. Um, they hit some music and a lot of people thinking FTR is going to show up because there's yeah. this whole thing going on. 
some dude named Matt Tremont comes out, and this dude's gigantic and like big, but not like tall, like he's a big guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? I've never seen him before, but you know, he's that's just me. I've never seen right, him before. Right. Um, and then uh, Nick Gage comes out, and he's the big surprise. Crowd goes fucking nuts, like they haven't for pretty much anything else all night. So the whole like entire promotion of this was them lying that (laughs) was like on the outs with the promotion he's not going to be on this fucking show and there are a lot there were a lot of salacious rumors out there we worked the sheets we worked the sheets i'm like i'm like okay i'm like you did that for that big pop i mean like you could have just advertised him. He would have got the same reaction, like I and, think, from and, that crowd. And you could have got, and you could have gotten some more buys, buys on the pay per view. You fucking idiots! Yeah, like, <laughs> like so it was like a, it was a surprise thing. I'm like, what kind of book? Like, obviously the booking is is shit. Like, so like I don't know, man. I did not enjoy the show. I don't ever want to hear GCW being called a top tier promotion. I respect what they've done business wise. And, you know, it's all about finding your tribe, finding your audience. And they have an audience or whatever. Yeah. But we know um, somebody, we know cool. somebody's goals. Right. It's cool. <laughs> God damn it. Um, it's cool. But a con is being run. And I'm not talking about Tony. Uh, I'm talking about a con, a con, a scam is being run. Uh, uh, and the main event was horrible and they botched the finish in the main event too um and it was just like this sucks so bad like me and uh josh smith from keeping a strong smile were just burying this thing 50 feet under like when we talked about it the next day uh, on the phone it was just like what the fuck do we watch and I feel like that's the peak of the promotion uh it can only go down from here like i said there's no one that i guarantee you there's no one that just checked the show out and was like, hell yeah, I want to see more of that. It's like, Maybe, I think I'm okay. But, it, but it'll be so few and far between that and uh, it's almost like it will make a difference. Like, obviously, like, their their promotion wasn't a promotion that was ever going to grow, right? Like, they were never going to run, or I wouldn't say never, that might be unfair, but like, they're not going to all of a sudden run some run a 4,000-seater um, any anytime soon, right? Um, and I don't think this is even launch pad duty if they had like their best show, but the way that people talked about this show that I saw, people were just like, it's their biggest show ever. And they, and they treated it and basically like they're treating like any other garbage show they do. Bro, and they brought in all those outsiders and were beating their own people left and right, like Jeff Jarrett going over Effie, yep. um, Ruby Soho going over Alley Cat. Yep. Um, they did get it back in the main event with Gage going over, but like I said, everything got fucked up in that. Uh, the Moxley being the champion thing, it's like this outlier thing. He should throw the GCW belt in the river as far as I'm concerned. It's like he's there with the belt, but he's not of the promotion. Are they there just... Is- do you think he's gonna stick around after he eventually has his match with uh with Gage? Didn't he already do that? That happened? I don't even recall that happening. Oh, that okay. happened already? I think they might have uh, yeah, I, mean, I think I'm, that might have got pushed back. I'm whatever, sure but. I'm sure like I'm sure like Dan or Sam has listened to this or and like Yes, it already happened, but I don't recall I don't remember it happening. Because yeah. the remember the belt went from Gage to Gar- Cardona to Moxley. And I don't, right. recall, I don't recall Moxley ever defending it. Right, right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think they still got to do him engaged. But um, 
I think Gage is like he's on a time clock right now. Let's just say that like he can't move anymore. Um, I mean, here's well, here's the real question: Could he ever move? Because I don't know. Right, right. Uh, but Moxley is there. Feels so out of place. Like it's just. I, I, I don't like it. Like I, I, I thought that you know, you know what, I Rich? thought it was a bad showing for a lot of the like there wasn't anyone that was like, damn, I could see them like Mandito was on the show with the Luchadors and the Luchador six man was awesome or whatever. Right. But it's like who like this crowd is like they have no idea what they're watching. It seems like. Right. OK, so I just pulled it up because like I have cage matchup. Might as well look it up to see. Masi did uh, have his match with Gage already. It was um, <laughs> it was on October 9th, the same day as uh, uh as Stardust Osaka Joe Hall pay per view. So it's like you. now I know now I know why I don't remember it because it's like oh I'd rather watch um, I, I, one I'm always gonna watch Stardom over over GCW, but it's like that shit like you, th- you think I care about that over like Takumi Rohan and Udo Tommy and Tamu Mayu? Hell no. Uh, so yeah, uh, in Hazuki's like return. Think- when I when I think of the independent promotions in America and it's like they've they've built up they're really good at marketing GCW they're really good at stealing the names of rap songs and in albums without yeah. in albums without permission and marketing them um, <laughs> if that sounded like a backhanded shot it was Chopper um, City in the ghetto okay um, okay J- yeah game changer yeah and you know for me it's still PWG it's you know it's other it's a lot of other promotions and you know. This wasn't good. I I mean, I because it was their biggest show, I was willing to give it a, a shot. Like if y'all had gave me good reviews, I was gonna give it a shot. I'm not checking this out. And, no. and actually I take it back. Like y'all told me it was so bad that I almost had a morbid curiosity want to see it to confirm that y'all aren't just tripping but then like everybody else also says it sucks so I was like nah it ain't just them all being on one and you know grading it too harshly this shit apparently wasn't good at all so yeah man like you know do better do better um uh so where, where do we go from here Gunther ah shit we haven't talked about that yet we have not so they renamed Walter <sighs> a colossal error itself, right? But they, someone, WWE, trademarked the name Gunther Stark, mm-hmm. where this person named Gunther Stark apparently was a Nazi. A, a, a prominent a, Nazi. Yes. Not just Hugo any of them, because, you know, any of them names could be any, right? Any of them names could be any of them names, right? Like, you, like, you throw out any name, you go, like, oh, okay. Because, like, I think the word is, like, Walter's real name is like also the name of a, of a, also of a, of a Nazi. Like, he's a legitimate shoot name. So, mm-hmm. like, you know how that goes. But, like, apparently he wasn't, like, a fucking commander of a, of a, of a submarine for the Nazis. So, Gunther Stark and, uh, that name gets trademarked. People were like, okay, well, Walter's coming over here. And people were like, are they about to name this fucking guy, this Austrian guy who speaks German? Are they about to name him after a Nazi? And people were t- speculating about it all on Twitter um, in the days leading up to it. And then he has the match after they announce him, uh, Walter, to start. And then at the end of the match, after he wins the match, he says, the winner of this match is Gunther. And I was like, 
I hear about this, I'm like, oh my god. They were really going to name this dude after a Nazi. And not only, oh my god. I was, so oh my god, they really out. did name the name. They really did name after a Nazi because the, they still just called him fucking Gunther. They heard the backlash that this dude's name is named after a Nazi, and then they said, "Well, fine, drop the last name. We'll still we're still gonna call him we're still gonna call him a Nazi, but not the the the, the last name." And I was like, "Yo, this is." It's like we know what you tried, oh and they, obviously they don't give a fuck. And it's so weird. And then and then you find out it's like, oh yeah, like Dolph Ziggler, which is always a weird one. Like why did why why in the fucking uh late 2000s with someone named Dolph. Uh, and you find out that it's like, oh, there was a, there was a prominent Nazi named, uh, Dolph Zegler. And it's spelled like, it is, you know, and it's like, you switch it, you switch a, an E for another G and it's Dolph Ziggler. And it's like, oh my God, like, what is wrong with y'all, man? Um, so bad. Um, and it just goes with like, it was like they didn't like if they knew they were going to change it right or if they knew they couldn't use gunther stark right they weren't under any pressure to change it to gunther stark um right. they weren't any like like they could have went back to the lab and came up with something else completely right. and just waited a couple weeks or whatever right and never revealed it because they didn't have to go on air and say you know what his name is still gunther but um this is you know, it's not simply a name change. Like your fed defense shills and that's, that's people where have. Came up, that's what they went with first. Because, like, honestly, because be honest with you, most of the name changes outside of like the Viking experience, most of these name changes after you hear them for a while, you're kind, of, you, you kind of just numb to them. It's like, oh, it's another dumb name. And quite frankly, most wrestling names are dumb names anyway. So it is what it is. Like, we just had a fucking world champion named Big E. Right, like what? Anyway, um, so it's like it's like it's not the fact that it was a name change; right. it's the fact that he's a not it's a right. Nazi. Right, it's the critical thing. It, it's the next level. I don't want to say next level thinking, but it was like the part where it's like, I get it. You're so used to this particular conversation that your default was, well, everybody has a bad name, and Gunther is a bad name, but so is Walter in the vacuum. And once you get used to it, it's like, no. I'm sure people will argue that yes, Gunther's done name and he'll overcome it. Sure, we all we all kind of shrug when they do these name changes now because we know eventually if you're talented enough, you overcome it. If not, you know whatever. But the thing is, this Nazi thing. Yep. Why are y'all skipping? Why are y'all? We're lead this show. I I guess a smart show is leading with the Nazi thing. <laughs> the conversation from that from that particular side was like. That is secondary. It's like, nah, like, bro, no, that can't be secondary. Part, that, has to be pride, part, that has to be pride fucking Mary. Like, what are we doing here? The first part is the Nazism. Right. Like, Nazism. That's why we're here. <laughs> that that's what that's what brought us to the to the dance. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's what you know. yes. That's what we got dressed up for. Oh man, I'm glad we are not on, on the Twitch stream after yeah, that one. That boy. thing. That they, thing. Uh, imagine they had clipped that one. Imagine yeah. uh, no, no, no. Imagine they clipped that one. Boy, uh, but yeah, so I, 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 it's just, it's just a fathom. And then like another part about it is like, you know, it, like Champa, Dunn, the now Gunther, like there's been words about like, they're all, you know, 
could come up soon or whatever else to the main roster. Like, I don't know, you know, what has changed with, you know, um, the now Gunther's um, lip situation that it was when it was just NXT or whatever else with his family because he didn't want to come over here. But, like, if it is game time and they want to change his name, like, why are y'all so pressed to do it right now at this very second? Like, it, y'all couldn't take a week to come up with a name. It's just a fucking name. Mm-hmm. And also, it, how dumb it is. It's like he's been Walter on your own fucking television for years and Rich. been a champion for years. Rich. Rich. What, what's the date right now? 125, 2022. So if we are if we are not at the third year, uh, the third year of Walter it, or going to see like this is like the third anniversary, right? Like he should 2019, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, this third year anniversary is like either like a r- late, you know, on showing up on do- any WWE television ever is like late just late January. Like he's been here. He was a fucking champion for 700 days. Like. His stable that, that he leads was like the NFC Tag Champions twice. Now you're changing his name. It's like, if you want to do that, fine. But, like, is he? Go- I guess that means he should be going to the main roster. And if that, then, like, I guess he should have saved the Gunther thing for the name change to main roster. Whatever. It, it just, it's just really weird. It's like, we've had this dude around. And not only now he's been around, like, King said it. I take it back as far as the um, cha- save the name change. Like, He's been in the fucking Survivor Series, right? I'm sorry for doing the Bret Hart thing, seeing the Survivor Series, but like he was in he was in Survivor Series like two years ago, and now all of a sudden, shouts out to Rob who brought that up to me because I was like, well, changing his name to Gunther is step one when we look back on how it didn't work with Walter, and then he reminded me that they beat him like a geek in minutes. Um, yeah. In, in that Survivor Series match, yep. when he was the one that was getting chanted for the loudest. Yes, yes. Not Randy Orton, not Ke- not Keith Lee, not Roman Reigns at that time. Not Walter, Matt Riddle. Not Matt Riddle. Nope. Not Ciampa. It was him. Good luck. Good good luck. You know, if you you enjoyed Walter, uh, hopefully one day you get to see Walter again. I have a pretty good feeling that we will be seeing him again somewhere else. I do not think that's going to last long. And it, and it won't be because of talent. Like, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, not even one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's like one of the elite wrestlers in the world. But, you know, he's gonna, Vince is going to see flat gonna see flabby guy and bees and be completely off of it and look that's his prerogative but you know we're gonna we're gonna laugh at it and be like vader all over again he's like this dude was great everywhere he went and then and then he was with Vince man and vince didn't know what the fuck to do with him and then he left for Vince man and then he was fucking great again yep i can see it coming yep so um yeah, AW this week. Uh, I think a better show than last week. I did not hate it like I did the previous episode. Um, thought there was like solid promos and uh, you know a couple good matches. Um, so we opened up. We had uh, John Moxley um, roll in, and he gets a heckler out to paint immediately. Looks great. Um, he's hey, go fuck yourself. Get weight. that guy out of here, piece of shit. Yeah, so uh, you know, Mox with a big F word immediately, which is cool. Um, it, I don't know. I just thought like the words, the, the like the phrase "big fucks" Moxley just came across my head. I don't know why. 
<laughs> Go ahead, Rich. So he, he cuts his promo, kind of weaves in real life with storyline, and you know, it's really great. You could hear a pin drop, like the crowd was one hundred percent hanging on to every word he was saying. You know what it was like? It what? was like watching one of those Japanese matches, like when they start doing like the, the mat and chain wrestling, where you like people are like you can hear the the deafening silence, like being like people's burning attention to the match, where they're just like on there to see like, oh okay, and like you just waiting for them to clap after he whatever he was going to hit his first dismount, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. I was like, this dude is such a master of this, and I I, I really love the tour. Continue, sorry. Yeah, but uh, it was an awesome promo, and you know, no, they didn't send anyone out to like lay him out, or they didn't send anyone else send anyone out to call him a drunk, you know, except the fan that was up there. But um, they didn't send MJF out there and say, you know, get this guy a bottle of something. They didn't pour Jack Daniels in his mouth or something like that. So um, they didn't have Jericho bust him back his head with a with a Jack bottle. Correct. So um, you know. Now, if that happens, you know, from forward from here, forget I ever said anything like that. But agreed, agreed. Yeah, so they they didn't do that tonight because I know that you know, you know, he's been involved in angles, you know, at times, you know, where serious real life things happen the same night. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, glad to see Moxley back. He looks good. Um, he, I don't know if this is a new vampire gimmick he's got going on. I said all he drinks is blood. Uh, Christian Cage is already in the promotion, so I don't know how that goes, but um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, he his hairline came back a little, looked like a little bit. And um, stop, stop. His hair back did not come back. He just let it grow out. Like I don't like when people were showing the compare and contrast picture of him, like when he was like you know on the verge of freaking the fuck out. Um, he was at his biggest and then like him basically off the weights, uh, and then like, uh, him growing his hair back and he looked more like, you know, what we've we known of him for most of his career, um, on, on American television. It was kind of like, yeah, like he does, he looks better because he, you remember that hairline in this in his picture when he was looking like a, like a brute, he was bald. Like, yeah, he, he does, look, but he absolutely does look better. Um, but yeah, his promo, like, you know, says that, like, he, he, remember he was on a plane somewhere and he had this dream where this dark cloud over him and the cloud says, like, you really thought, like, you're going to make it out with that, with everything. Like, you thought, like, you know, that, like, like, you were going to live a happy life. And then he's, he talks about how, um, everybody has these dark clouds, these demons, and everything, and everybody has to fight them in their own way. And he talked about like how like he's a fighter. He's in you know, and like I, I'm going to kick this. I kick this thing's ass. I kick everybody. Just like uh, I kick everybody else's ass. And um, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. And you know, he, he had that line about like for people that are in the back, like that want to try me, whatever else. Like I'm thirsty, but like I, you know, uh, but the only thing these days I drink is blood, and you know. Yes, tons of tons of brood uh, references after that on online. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, MJF was backstage with Wardlow. He apologized to Wardlow for losing his cool last week, but MJF said he couldn't allow Wardlow to put his hands on him again, so he had to dock his pay. I fucking howled laughing yeah. when he said that shit. Yeah, which is also funny because like he's the first person that touched first, which is like kept pushed him in the chest, and then he just like. Outstanding. Uh, yep. Outstanding work. Uh, NJL says, Sean Spears is going to show the world uh, tonight and Warlow how to get the job done against PG Punk. 
So um, after that, we had a mixed tag match. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander against Cole and Britt Baker. thought this was a bunch of fun. Like, I normally hate mixed tags. I'm not really interested in them, but uh, I thought it did a lot of cool spots uh, up until the finish. The Britt uh, breaking the table was kind of weak. I, I think she took a, a, a rather soft bump and then acted dead or whatever. But I think everything leading up to that was pretty cool. A lot of subverting expectations and um, catching out of nowhere with camera cuts and be like, oh, this person's going to hit their move. Uh, I thought Statlander looked excellent in this match. Um, and, you know, we're one step closer to uh, Cole versus Cassidy, as we'll get to, you know, after this. Like, uh, Cole ended up cutting a pro on the back, challenges Cassidy to a lights out match for this coming week. So, um, know what that means. I think it's time for OC to get a win. Yep. That was my, that was exactly what I thought too. Like, Oh, like and that, uh, I got to change my nickname in the, uh, message thread to like lights out, lights out as a con, like, <laughs> like Cole whooped this man ass from pillar to post and every, in every fathomable matchup for like a month now. Uh, or weeks anyway, and like so you know what it is when it comes to the best friends and all that. When it when they get to the blow off match, there's always one more person there that you ain't expecting, and they got the advantage. Right, like that's exactly how uh, they lost the fucking um uh, was it the the Backstreet Brawl is what it was called. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like the, the baby faces. Like at the end of the day, like you know, we just gonna cheat the baby faces. Why not? Yep. What the fuck? Yep. But uh, yeah, that you know, did the arcade match break out like that too? Yes. Because the Statlander came out there. Yeah, she came back. It's like, yeah. And in the day, we're baby faces. We'll cheat. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Trent came back in that situation too. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, you so know, like you know how they get down. So, but uh, I I thought this was a ton of fun. Like, and the crowd was yeah. into it, and yeah, it was pretty fun, cool. Fun match, more fun than it. It was a good match, but it was more fun than it was good. But while still being a good match, uh, like I'm with you, um. The, the Brit spot through the table was looked bad. Um, the angle where, like, <laughs> the angle on on the horizontal ramp where Adam Cole is trying to convince me that he is going to give a Panama Sunrise to Statlander. I was like, man, stop bullshitting. What, what? I was like, where, like, where's Brit? Like, as he's doing it, I'm like, where's Brit? Because obviously I know you're not about to actually fucking do that. So where's Brit? And then Brit, like, literally comes through the ropes and it super kicks. And the it didn't look good. I was like, oh man. But yeah, it was a fun match. And um <clears throat> Yeah, like So I guess you have to rate in the top three of uh of uh US uh mixed match uh tag matches. Like you got the WrestleMania thirty four match Ronda and um Angle and Stephanie and Triple H. Um you got the the Cody and Red Velvet versus Shaq and Jay Cargill, you got this. Like, it's somewhere in the top three. Obviously, it's not nearly as good as the uh, the Ronda match, but it, it's, it, like, as far as being a serviceable, serviceable match, that's, you know, just having a good match is a high bar of a high uh, level of difficulty with this kind of situation where, like, you got to come up with all these interesting ways to, like, come, basically, like, have these contrived hot tags over and over and over. Right, right. Um so, uh, like I said, we got a lights out match next week. Uh, I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, we know Cole likes to be in ru- matches with no rules. Um, Deathmatch wrestler Adam Cole, correct. CZW. Yep. So he's probably going to do some crazy shit. Um, 
I don't know what orange is going to be like in this environment, but I'm sure he's going to be up for the occasion. So orange uh, finna beat that man on the death with a bag of oranges. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would I would do that spot. I would absolutely had a man like uh, you know how um. You know, you go underneath the ring and you pull out the tax. Like you have orange mm-hmm. underneath the ring, and you're like, "Oh shit!" He pulled out tax. Nah, like he drops like a couple oranges. Then like this, you know, he's just beating the hell out of that man for a couple, like a couple swings with the oranges. Yes. <clears throat> so, um, Jericho's backstage and he is um, interviewing with Alex Marvez, and he's like, "I don't care about Eddie Kingston," but and then Ortiz was like, "Chris, with all due respect, maybe you don't care about Eddie Kingston, but we do." Uh, and then Santana says, uh, "You know, some Eddie said last week rang true. Maybe next week we'll focus on ourselves and less on you, Chris. You feel me?" And then Jericho's like, "No, I don't feel you," and right. he's like, "You know, look like he about to cry a thug tear." You know, <laughs> thug tear. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <sighs> I, I I don't get I, I don't get where they've all of a sudden just like uh, I feel like it's been shoehorned in it is like okay so the way to bring intrigue into this is like throw in the the part of my like Jericho holding back inter, or uh, Santana Ortiz is like yeah but like can that like actually like match the reality of anything we've ever seen in AW no okay thanks all right so like it's just it's just it's just a, a contrived thing to make it work. And, I think um, that's something that's actually more prevalent among fans than it actually plays out in the storyline because a lot of people. You, you didn't mention that like th- a week ago, as yeah. far as like that being there online, but it's just like, and I, I remember saying to you like, but yeah, but that's never. I think pl- some of that never is played out on TV. Some some of that's Jericho resentment, I think, and oh some yeah, of definitely, just definitely. you know, pr- like you know, I and you look at the tag division, could you know. I think, like, I don't think there's anybody I would have made them the champs instead of, like, you know, so far, like, based how it all played out, I'm like, they'll get it if they get it, I feel like, but I don't, you know, there's a lot of, there are, there's a lot of good teams in, in this promotion, so it's like, there's going to be some people at the top, there's going to be some people in the middle, there's going to be some people at the bottom, like, could they yeah. eventually get to the top? Sure, but yeah. the fact that they haven't, I don't think is a crime, Against humanity, yeah, especially and it's like definitely looking. not an indictment of Chris Jericho, who doesn't have any booking power, as opposed to like the two uh, the two former tag team uh, champions that are actually have EVP control. It's really weird. It's like I I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I, <laughs> CM Punk versus Sean Spears. Sean Spears gets like a superstar entrance. Uh, cool music, you know, spotlight coming in the ring, you know, poses around. Off that good prompt, they showed a promo he cut on Rampage. Uh, we're getting all this extra shit. CM Punk gets in the ring, squashes on one, two, three. How MJ, can you not MJF love? MJF Sha- also comes out on commentary. Yes, yes. How can you not love Sean Spears? I saw this shit and I fucking howled laughing. Like I was like, this is why I love him. Like, like, bro, like he loses nothing by losing like this. It's just like he he's already a geek. He can't become more of a geek. Right. What what already happened? It's right. Like, yeah, he's awesome. But. Remember, like, uh, like when you go to um, a convenience store and they put that thing out there, you know, to give a penny, take a penny. Yeah. Like, Sean Spears last week and this week literally was like, take a squash, give a squash. Or give a squash, take a squash. Like, just just funny. 
Yep. Um, so Billy Gunn uh, stole a backstage camera. Um, Christian Cage is walking around, and Billy said his boys in the gun club deserve a match against the uh, tag champs, Jurassic Express. Christian told uh, Billy Gunn that his boys need to make a statement, then they could talk. He said, but, you know, maybe just like their dad, they never quite, you know, got that signature win. And that was uh, a little bit too far. And then all of a sudden, the, the gun boys uh, whooped up on Christian Cage's ass and um, and fucked him up, quite frankly. I mean, which which is to say, like, they was going to jump him regardless. But, like, after he said that, then it's like, oh, well, you deserve it. Just so, get like, to it. Well, get not, to even, it. not even get to it. Like, forget the part. I don't even feel bad that we jumped you now. Because he says, he says some shit like, oh, you want to talk, you want to talk real reckless to my dad, huh? All right. You deserved it. You said some shit, you said some shit that was out of pocket. You got whooped. I don't really feel bad for Christian. That's how it goes, man. Like, you know, I thought it was sweet. Thought you was going to sell out. No. Like, because, um, look, he didn't know, he didn't know he was getting set up to get jumped. Like, that, that man was in the know, danger zone. Look, and, and, and old, uh, old wrestler, worker from the E, talking to another old wrestler from the E, just saying, hey, you got your, you got your kids, and, uh, or your surrogate kids, and they're the champions. I got my actual kids, and they're contenders, and they've won. How about it? Christian, and Christian could have been like, well, you know, just like you said at the beginning, you was being diplomatic and he wanted to be a dick after that. All right, well, I don't even, we don't even feel bad that we about to jump you now. You lucky we don't rob you. <laughs> they should have took his shoes. Take his wallet too. Yeah. Uh, take t- no. Take his passport. Take his know. phone. Oh damn. The, he, he, damn. I mean, he, he's like he's white. Otherwise, that could have been something totally different <laughs> if he wasn't white and they took his passport. Oh man. They would put that man in one of them holding buildings. God damn. Oh, where are you going? Ah, come here. You. Um, so up next, we got promo uh, from Cody Rhodes. Uh, he pulls a ladder out. Um, and pulling the ladder out was about the only thing that made sense here. I thought this promo was all over the place. It was like Rick Ross mafia music. It was like um, any other rambling song. Like uh, it, you know, it was kind of like a spoof of the pipe bomb kind of in his own way, but um, the crowd got really going at a certain points, but it was like, (laughs) it was like a rap verse where you throw a bunch of like, like you throw like a bunch of lines in there. Like say this was like a 64 bar rap verse, right? <laughs> With like four different punch lines that all were in the verse, but like scattered. Uh, but everything else that was supposed to hold the verse together didn't at all. And I, I heard all this stuff and I was like, what is this about? And I was like, this like obviously you know they did the whole thing with him last week and the contract status and everything like that and we knew that was leading to nothing or whatever and that was like a you know i think they they just won a couple days of press with that and i saw this promo i'm worried about the tnt title cody's apparently not really worried about that at all um he actually brought up the young bucks at some point and then i was like here we go like that's the thing i think that would be interesting um but then he's you know talking about 
you know, hip toss class with, uh, you know, the young boys beating developmental again. And then he's calling out CM Punk, uh, saying he didn't do those things. So I, it was like he wanted to turn heel. And then he was like, nah, but y'all cheered me and I needed that shit and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I'm left confused. I don't know what the point was. Uh, and then he gets up on the, and challenges Sam Guevara basically is like y'all know what this is and I'm like well thanks <laughs> yeah so I, I don't have a I don't have it up in front of me but like he mentioned the Young Bucks thing um he mentioned these like uh the Young he started Bucks mentioning coming. Jay Lethal and Malachi yeah, Black. yeah I'm getting I'm getting to it My fault. uh he mentions the Young Bucks in reference to the upcoming you know, thing that's going to happen with Red Dragon. He's talked about, like, I don't want to recount. I don't want to, I don't want the, I don't want to see the, um, Wizard Night Wars being brought back. Like, we already won. They don't need to win again, whatever else. And then made allusions to hip talk, hip toss class for, for Kyle O'Reilly and, and, um, and Bobby Fish. Uh, he mentioned Malachi Black at one point. He mentioned, um, Jay Lethal, uh, in Sammy, was it Sammy Guevara? Bro, he mentioned, uh, yeah, Sammy, Ricky Starks, Jay Lee. Yeah, it was Ricky Starks. It was Brody Ricky Starks King. And, and so was, yeah, he mentioned Brody King as far as some, and he, said, and he talked about how, um, you know, and then he mentioned Gunther and in relation to Brody oh, yeah, King as far as that. like how, you know, and I thought it was a cool line, but it, as far as like what it has to do with what he's talking about, not really much anything. He mentioned um, Brody, he's talking about how, um, you know, we don't do these, this thing where like we change people's names, like name Gunther McGillicuddy. So you already know the kind of balls that Brody King has to, you know, kind of know the balls he has to have the name himself to come to this promotion to call himself Brody. And, you know, uh, his, you know, and, um, uh, Brody Lee's son will have to, will, you know, will, you know, will come see him about that in eight years or something like that. Um, it it was uh, it was a lot of stuff. He you know he mentioned uh, as you mentioned the Ricky Starks and Jay Lethal thing for the F, F uh, T W title and talked about how like um, uh, when Jay Man, Lethal, about real when Lethal, life. Hit you, when Lethal hit you with hits you with a lethal injection like you you know it's actually protected fit. It's not like the RKO. Um, at some point during the promo, he talked about like he brought this thing up and he's done it twice now on TV where like. It makes me think like he's gonna lose it again. Like I remember the go home situation with Darby when he finally lost to Darby, um, and Darby won the TNT title. How like he he said to Darby like you're not the ace, Darby. I'm the ace or whatever. So I was like, you ain't the fucking ace either, man. Like it's just you're it's a TNT title. So he goes to Sammy. <laughs> so in, in talking about Sammy when he finally got to Sammy, he talked about how like the TNT title is isn't a secondary title. It's the top title. And I'm like, Cody, you're, you're never you trying to convince. You're never going to convince anybody of that because one, like that belt never made events, any pay-per-views and two, it is being held by you and the mid Carters. <laughs> Stop the bullshit. <laughs> no one's buying it. I'm sorry. We have eyes, we have ears, we've seen other promotions. That's why we're here watching AEW. Stop bullshitting us. So, like that was one, that was the only thing I really had any real issue with. It's is like, like why, is he, why is he still trying to get this over when like one is 
There's two titles. One is always gonna be higher than the other one. You're not. There's no point of ha- if, if you if you have two titles on equal footing. What's the point of even having the second title? Might as well just make it one. And you know, it, it was just weird. It's like, I, um, like if you're gonna have the if you're gonna build up that second title, like it's the IWGP Intercontinental title, like just build it up. Like I think he's a little bit too on the nose with, hey, this is not a secondary title where. It's just like well, you don't have to tell us that. You can just like show us how, why it's an important belt. At first, I was giving him grace on it because he was at first like his first reign or his first two reigns. Uh, he was promoting it and talking about it as in AEW as well as like we want to make it to where it's not a secondary title or it's not a mid card title was the word mid card. And it was like okay, fine. So like you're going to give it to you know you're going to treat it as one of the better secondary belts. But now they're flat out saying. Or not vague, Cody in particular saying like it's not a secondary belt, and I'm sorry. Well, if it's not a secondary belt, then what is? Because you got two men's uh, singles belts, so one of them by definition has to be secondary. So which one is it? You know, according to him, it'd be the damn world belt or some shit. But I'm sorry, like no man, like you, it, you know, Cody being Cody, right? Um, so that it, so yeah, it, and then you know. Uh, the forbidden door stuff yeah the, uh, yeah that's how he got to it and like to be fair like at that part i thought like that made sense for him to say that kind of stuff whatever else whether you whether you cheer for him or boo him and that situation should be based off of how you feel about him at that time but it actually seemed like he was going somewhere in relation to Guevara, and then he did, he started going into all these digressions or i didn't know he cut digression because he was doing it on purpose but like he would start going into these other parts. We're talking about talking about Brody King and, and Brody Lee and Negative One. Talking about uh, Randy Orton and uh, Ricky Starks and talking about his shoot friend or his shoot friend Ricky Starks and um, <laughs> and Jay Lethal. And, and yeah, it was just like, I, yo, this could have been cut in half or cut in a, cut down by a third. Like that stuff was unnecessary. Like, like why would you use that CM Punk stuff and? Like, I thought he's gonna that, tie it. I thought he's gonna tie it to Darby. I really thought he's gonna bro, tie it to Darby. But like, why would you then use he started that? Going to other places where like the Young Bucks stuff is like, oh, he. So maybe he was, but ultimately we ended at the spot where like he was just saying a bunch of different shit, and he lost. It's almost like he lost track of where he was getting to because like it didn't. None of that. A lot of that stuff did had nothing to tie into like actually promoting his match with Sammy Guevara uh, next week. It was. I'm like, that's like the perfect thing you say when you're actually in a feud with CM Punk. So yeah. it's like, but that's the I, thing, Rich. <clears throat> when do we ever expect him to be in a feud with CM Punk? I think it's going to happen this year. Um, but oh, so he's finally going to get out. So he's finally going to stop gatekeeping mid card. Something's going to happen. Like okay. CM Punk's fucking around on Twitter saying he's going to handle them and shit like that. So we'll see. Can't wait to see those matches. Um, I, yeah, this is, um, more Codyism, more stuff that I think people like can get fired up on the outside on it when he's just mentioning all these names and doing all the name dropping. Like you brought up a good point is like the game or whatever, but like, there's nothing behind this stuff. So. I mean, it's ultimately it, less effective. If, I, I think that it does. I don't think it has any teeth because it's like, look, 
Brody Brody King could have something to do with him, right? It could. CM Punk could have something to do with Cody. Uh, but like the Ricky Starks in Jay Lethal thing has nothing to do with him. The Young Bucks in Red Dragon have nothing to do with him. It's just him just saying shit. Freestyling. I mean, yeah, because it's like, you know, people do, you know, drop hints and breadcrumbs as far as uh, leading to feuds or whatever, but like, he's not about to feud with the fucking Young Bucks. Who's his tag team partner? You know, right. you know what I mean? Like, what, what what's going on here? <sighs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I feel like the my Bucks should My shoot friend like, Ricky Starks. Okay. My, like, my, sorry, my legitimate like, friend's Ricky Starks. Okay. The, the, the weirder thing is, like, if no one actually responds to this promo, like, then it'll be even fucking dumber because I don't anticipate the Bucks getting on camera and be like, uh, you know, Cody, like, no, like, I don't expect uh, Malachi Black when he's like worshiping the devil to take time to look in the camera and be like, hey, Cody, you know, I heard you brought my name up again or something like that. Like, it's just bullshit. Like, so I don't know. He already lost that few, too. So it's like, why are we going back? Um, they booked Anna J versus Jay Cargill for Rampage. Um, and then, uh, we got the House of Black squashing Varsity Blondes. They kicked shit out of them. Yeah, uh, because in the match where Malachi more or less squashed, um, Pillman, um, because he basically botched a springboard, he was gonna get his head fucking taken off with a black mask, um, he is now shook of Brody King to the point where, like, he was afraid to, to pull the trigger and actually launch himself on top of the ropes. So then from there, like, they just destroyed him in seconds. There, there was a spot. Griff Garrison, like, landed on the steps. That shit looked like it hurt. And yeah. he, like, he, he took one of those, uh, it's like one of them football hits. Like, <sighs> when you try to get up quick to show you ain't hurt, it's like, no, nigga. I know that shit hurt. Uh, so. Like, he's tough. So, I don't know what the, I don't know the name of um, Alistair and Brody's movies, but um, I'm sorry, Malachi and Brody's movie. Like, but it's basically like an alley oop um, power slam. Yeah, um, Dante's Inferno, I think. Okay, I'll throw that as my notes for finishes. So, uh, Pac appeared on the big screen. He took off the blindfold, so Pac is no longer blind. Everybody, stop writing your letters. Uh, it's that House of Black. He's going to make a martyr out of you. So, Cutler was backstage. They booked Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. Um, Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta jumped in, took the Bucks' interview time. Uh, they basically challenged him. Of course, that match wouldn't happen because Rocky came down with COVID. So, it was... Switch to Not a single match between Trent and Nick Jackson. Yep. So we got from Lance Archer versus Frank Gazarian, and this went on so long. Um, I was bored. Like, <laughs> and it was just like, look at your phone, look at your phone, look at your phone, and um, it, it was, was a match. I mean, it was it was basically like Archer just beats the living hell out of um out of Kazarian forever. Kazarian mounts one comeback, gets cut off, and then pinned. Or gets cut off, gets set up for his finish, he escapes the finish, he gets caught again, and then he ends up getting hit with the uh the everybody dies. Yep, and then like the Shiv- blackout, not everybody's Shivani got in with Dan Lambert saying he didn't understand this relationship. Uh Archer grabbed the mic, and they said, You don't need to understand this. Tony Heyman Page isn't old enough, you're not mentally, physically prepared for this monster. Um 
or that's what Lambert says. Lambert, uh, Archer snatches the mic, says enough of this cowboy bullshit. Um, I'm going to show you what I'm about to do. I, I was like, I need a clip of that. <laughs> but um, he, he was going to basically do a, a blackout on the ramp to Archer or excuse me, to Kazarian and Hangman saved him, came out. Crowd was real hot for it. They went face to face, fought. Um, he sent Archer scurrying uh, after he blocked the buckshot lariat. But uh, this was, this looked good. The brawl looked good. They looked like they have some chemistry uh, fighting. I'm pretty excited to see where they go with this. Yeah, this match is going to be fun whenever we get it. Um, Dante Martin uh, gets back with Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. Uh, he said, until your brother returns, uh, you know, we'll watch your backs. Like you had our back against Team Taz. Oh, and then we got just the most one of the most hilarious segments you'll ever see. Toji Giovanni was backstage with Chris Statlander and Red Velvet. Then um, legit Layla Hirsch walked up wearing all black, so you knew something was about to happen. Uh, and told her uh, Layla Hirsch, uh, you know, she is a uh, she is not from this country, so she's like very upset. She said that. You guys have become so selfish. You have cost me thousands of dollars. You know, she's not playing about her currency. Um, and you've cost Red thousands of dollars. And then Red Velvet told Layla to relax because it was just a miscommunication and then turned her back on her. And then that was, uh, you know, the sign for Layla to jump her. Chris Statlander is like, what the fuck are you doing? And then Chris Statlander not then looks this, down and tends to and tends look, to turns her also turns her back on on this woman because you know she she doesn't know the she's culture. She's never watched humans. wrestling before. She, she's she an alien. She doesn't know the human culture. She, she's an alien. Correct. So she gets whooped on too, and then uh, she put Statlander in an armbar submission. So Layla Hirsch beating up two women at once. After that, Serena Deeb in sky blue. Serena Deeb destroys her, kills Stress her. This woman in stretcher. Yes. Um, this, yeah, this is destruction. Yeah, pretty much. Was, was it a tequila sunrise? Seren- Serenity lock. Yeah, Serenity lock. Yeah. Um, yeah. So short match, but getting over. It was fun. Deeb. It was fun yeah. for like the, the time, the little bit of time she beat the hell out of this woman. Yeah, Serenity getting over, kind of. I just don't know where, like, obviously they got two heel champions, so they got her, too, so, like, they gotta figure something out. Uh, maybe they, maybe they use her to heat up the next face before the title yeah. shot. Like, maybe it could be, um, maybe it's Rosa. Maybe it's, maybe they do the Rosa again. Yeah. So, um, Ethan she's Page challenged. But she's getting over. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I, obviously that was her home, home area, but, like, the crowd liked her. The crowd really liked her. Yep. So Dan Lambert was at a minute of the year. Um, Ethan Page challenged Moxley. Uh, and then we got Matt Hardy backstage with the HFO and Andrade Oilo. So Matt Hardy says he sold 51% of the HFO to El Ilo. And from this day on, they'll be known as the AHFO, but he's going to retain, uh, you know, the majority on the board of directors there with private party. Uh, and then Jose, the assistant and, uh, you know, have the three to advantage. What I think Matt isn't um, anticipating though is private party is going to end up voting with Andrade and he's going to end up out of the hair so he can reform with his brother whenever the fuck that happens but uh, until then the AHFO uh, is probably going to be a personal favorite with One Nation Radio is just because I feel like 
hilarious hilarity will ensue um with all the money being flashed around and and these guys you know with, with private party and then the, the butcher the blade and the bunny like just looking like what the fuck's going on jose it, the assistant it is such a motley crew of people that have they don't fit together at all it money. like it, it yeah it was like I, they've all been acquired by, by matt party and now it's like they have now been acquired by matt now they've been acquired by andrade by way of matt <laughs> Matt Hardy or Andrade buying people out here. Yes, buying. And, and, uh, you know, apparently he, you know, and they've been trying to. He was, you know, he was outsourcing the work to to, to, to Pinnacle for FTR. Now he's like, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of, of renting out. I'm buying my own goons now. Yeah. So I own these goons. I got my got slaves. B- bought my own stock. Yes, yes. Uh, there's something else I would say he also bought, but you know I gotta, you know I don't feel like editing it. But I, I remind me to tell you what he bought on off air, Rich. But yeah. uh, but anyway, um, he so said also he wants that little. He kid wants to buy. Yeah, so look at it. Like he bought, he bought all these people so he can acquire the little kid that that works for Sting for Mister Sting. So yep. yeah, this is this is ridiculously stupid, but it's bro. Fun. This- Bro, this is like um, somebody in the Heenan family was being sold or whatever, or some shit. Like, like he bought some oh, shit from man. Mr. Fuji. You'd be like, thank you. I pleasure doing business with you. That's that's what this was. Yeah. So, Sting and Darby Allen versus the Acclaim in the main event. Uh, Max Caster says it's going to do Sting worse, make you look worse than Starcade 97. It's fucking hilarious. Um, every week, I. The acclaimed is just I, I feel more vindicated from you know always being an acclaimed uh, always oh, excuse me always believing in the acclaimed. So Matt's Caster verse in particular because like I, his there was a weird time throw off thing. Uh, so it well, long story short, it was an eight bar thing. Seven of them bars were whack. And then he had the eighth bar, and it was good. And then they're like, okay, whatever. Uh, so the match, they basically beat down Darby. Or sorry, uh, they beat them down, uh, Sting and Darby. And then they grabbed Darby, and they basically put his head inside of a chair. And they then run him into uh, the turnbuckle. And uh, medical takes care or tends to Darby before the match. The bell actually rings for the match. And uh, they actually take him to the back. And they ask Sting if he'll, you know, if he wants to continue wrestling. Sting gets in there and then it's basically a handicap match for the first half of it. And Sting is out here like holding his own. Um, and and uh, he looks good. And he actually ends up getting um, one of them uh, from acclaimed in a sharpshooter as the other uh, tries to break it up. And then uh, he, he hits head in the face. He no sells while holding the the uh, the scorpion dev drop. And I'm I'm sitting there like just loving it. Uh, and then eventually they break it up and um, they eventually turn the tables with the numbers game and Sting is down and out and then Darby makes his triumphant return and uh, there is a double coffin drop on both members of the claim from the from the floor to the or from the top uh, turnbuckle to the floor. Sting uh, ends up getting Max Caster basically like halfway ha- laying over the uh, scorekeeper's announcer's table he basically goes up uh the ramp and he does a dive i was because <laughs> we were like the whole time like based on the angle we couldn't see what was going on what was setting up we were like where the fuck is he going and he just jumps off and dives on the mass caster through a table uh and uh then they ended up getting um 
Darby ends up, uh, they cut to the ring and Darby has, uh, Bowens laid out and he ends up dropping, um, uh, Bowens with it, with a coffin dropping to get the win. I, this batch was, this batch was way better handy, right? Being ruled. Um, they, they actually did a, uh, a diss song uh Max Caster did the next week yes, Darby. yeah it was called golf phase like the beat is actually hard as fuck like I, I listened to it a couple times like it's actually good yeah it's, it was good I listened to it I like I enjoyed it yes yeah um, so I was like like yep like these boys gonna be baby faces eventually like enjoy it <laughs> we now. got big bats on the song Caster says we got big black bats for your little white dick <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so fucking so, he's a five year old or he's a 15 no I'm not even saying it. he's like a 12 year old that's what he is he's just a fucking child man <laughs> bro he's hilarious bro like it's like the wrestling ain't all the way there but like the wrestling ain't all the way there the wrestling take, ain't there yet <laughs> look I'll take him as a personality any day like he's a shithead oh he's great he, he, he actually yeah, that's a good point he is a shithead he is yeah, but that was dynamite. But uh, as good as dynamite was, I thought Rampage was way better. Like, man, this was like live Rampage. So we opened with John Moxley and Ethan Page, and this was a good match. Ethan uh, Page Ethan, does it again, man. He, like, bro, people you always in, talk. You put him people in talk about that a, man. You put him in there with a push star or a feature star in AEW, and he always has a very good match. Yeah, um, I. I have liked Ethan Page even when he was an impact. I thought he had top guy potential there. Um, I think it would be a little bit more competitive in AEW, but I I think people like or they give this guy a lot of uh, they give him a, a hard time, kind of unjust. Scorpio Sky as well, so I, I'm enjoying the pairing. And uh, Mox, you know, got the win. Uh, you know, nothing too crazy. Yeah, uh, solid I gave, match. I gave, it like, I gave it three and a quarter. But like it, it was fun, like to see Moxley back and him going back and forth with a dude that knows what the fuck he's doing. So yeah, yep. like I don't, I don't I don't get the people that think that dude's not a good worker. I just don't. Yeah, uh, and then speaking of good workers, we got Trent versus Nick Jackson, and then whenever we get Nick Jackson in the singles match, shit is usually special, and no exception here. And Trent was like right there with him you know step for step like i don't think trent will ever actually get a push i think some people want that but i think there's nah, so many people in front of yeah, him yeah and like, also like like his gimmick is that he's i don't want to say he's demon or he's lance storm or it's like his gimmick is that like he is he's purposely he's trying to entertain you by him being a straight man and boring but like there's a lot of that it's just like yeah man like it's not that serious just wrestling like, like it's not that serious. Like all the him and the hawing stuff. Like, no, nah, man, it's fine. Like, it's cool, Brandon. Like, we're not going to beat you up. Just let us record this thing, okay? Cool. All right. Yeah. Like, yeah, really good. You know, great match. You know, I, I irrationally, you know, not irrationally, but like, I like Trent and guys like that more than most because like he gave my choice of like all all promo and no wrestling or, or guys that can really wrestle and at the bottom of or you know against guys that need to have good matches and just get beat i'll take those i'll take more of those guys than i will of this the, the mizzes of the world mm-hmm. like i think you can have one or two two mizzes but like yeah four of them you're, you start having four and five well, of them, you, you, then you gotta book them right like as opposed to like guys you can go out there like the kazarians of the world the trents of the world like 
Low State's the uh, Bobby Fish of the world, the low state guys with cre- some credibility in that you can just go out there and you can beat against any star. I'll tell you, sure. Mechanics, if you will, sure. Um, so, yeah, really good match in like Trent fucking won. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the, the Young Bucks always lose singles matches. They always lose. But the Trent? Because Trent. Yeah. Look, bro, you know how you say, like, they always lose, but it's like, but Trent always loses to people with names. So it's like, you know. Bro, like, um, like last time Nick wrestled, he wrestled Phoenix. He lost that one. And, like, they weren't in any, any big type of program. That was, like, the first six weeks of the show. Wait, Nick, I thought Nick won that match. No, Nick lost. Okay. Okay. Like, the, like the Bucks never win singles matches, but they're always, like, fucking great. And it's like, uh, I think they put I'm, a bio I'm, up. Speaking of that. When are we gonna get this uh, hanging man page Matt Jackson match? What are we? What is that gonna happen? That I that I need to see that. Matt needs that ass whooped. Mm, I, I don't know, I, but I'm gonna start driving the agenda now. You know the Nick Jackson TNT title reign. You know <laughs> when do we get that? You know, you know I, Nick Jackson's incredible legend. Like just I, I love him. Like he was a. Uh, it was just he was styling. It, it was like some Shawn Michaels shit when he was doing it in there. Like just like makes everything look super easy. Has his look on his face. Like yeah, I know I'm great. Lounging, eating shit, doing athletic shit. Like niggas phenomenal. Like <laughs> so. Um, after that, we had Hook versus Serpentico. Hook's first live television match. They mention Hook and show him on a graphic. Crowd goes fucking insane. Um, he comes out. Uh, jumps Serpentico during the bell, fucks him up in like less than two minutes. Uh, standing, uh, Katsuma J or whatever the fuck that standing that task is. mission. No, you don't go through all that shit. Yeah. It's a task mission. So, um, they do that. And I then, think he calls you know, it red rum, right? Yes, red, red rum. Yeah. Then they start greasing the tires a little bit on the hook baby face turn because they're putting QT out there or whatever to fuck with them. That's the second interaction. That. Remember he uh when he squashed solo, he he laid him out then too. Yep. So like like the hook thing is working. He's already a top merch seller. Uh, this guy's a star. And it's like they treated him like you think about every step of the hook thing, they literally treated him like a young lion. From New Japan, they made him stand outside at ringside, and he had he actually got to, got to kind of be more of a uh, character than a young lion or whatever. So he got to you know wear his hoodies or have that look on his face or uh, get involved a little bit. But he was out there learning, absorbing, you know, kind of you know be, becoming something to look at essentially. And then, um. This whole thing, you know, they bring QT out. He slammed, you know, suplexes QT, steps over him like does Iverson step over and walks out. And he's just like looks very cool. So, like, um, yeah, it's, it's really one of the easiest things in wrestling to get. So, um, Hook is great. But we got a main event, Jay Cargill and Anna Jay, uh, TBS championship uh, match. And James, this was so much better than anyone could have predicted, I think. Uh, I feel like these two have either trained with each other a lot. They're both like QT Marshall uh, students. So they probably, you know, have come up with different counters. I thought the um, 
uh, like the counter uh, that Anna J dropped into, you know, her sleeper hold wit was like really cool. Uh, some of the strikes from Anna J look weak, but usually her strikes, you know, look weak. But uh, I think these two pulled off like more than an acceptable match. Jade felt like kind of big time coming out there, got, you know, a lot of love, and you see the big graphic behind her, and it's like, she's turning into a star and her 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 segments are popping like uh quarters and uh she kind of got trusted with the main event spot live and that's you know you told me like they were gonna put them on last i'm like all right you know you could do it whatever we know how to, how the patterns work or whatever but i think they held down actually like kind of gave something that people were excited about after the match yeah, it was a good match. Um, and you're right, there there might be something to their chemistry as far as rest, possibly working a lot together, you know, um, training together. Um, it was the best match I ever saw Anna J have, I think. Or that's not a death match. Um, it might have... Mm, I think... Well, the, she also the, had the a good match with Brandy, which was, like, shocking at the time. So yeah, it was it was a good match, and you know, um, that graphic at twenty five and all was, you know, that was cool. Um, where do you think she ends up? Where do you think she ends up at? Like, how far do you? How high do you think this thing goes? Um, I think so. Right now is January. I think if you're, you know, looking at it, maybe all out. Uh, you know, maybe like uh, like September, they they find someone to to actually end it. But I like what they're doing with Jay, and I think her presentation is like top notch. So this is like, and she, I think she's slowly turning into a star. Like she had the highest quarter the time she won the belt or whatever. And it's like if they create a second star like next to Brit, whatever. I'm like, okay, they're actually creating stars in this you know, supposed bereft, terrible, horribly booked division. So, like, what is the contemporaries doing? Like, what's the competition doing? Uh, like, I think that's just a, a vote of, like, hey, they actually created people. So, uh, I'm really impressed with, like, what they're doing with Jade. And um, she's got her limitations still. In the spirit. Yeah, so it's like, but it's like this was a great step forward. Like so, she has like twenty five career matches. So <laughs> literally, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm with you. Uh, like I'm, I'm like thank I, I, God I wish we could look, get her to big woman look. camp. Like send her to damn send her to stardom. And like <laughs> you gonna wrestle with Micah and Mecca for you know two <laughs> weeks and then come back. Speaking of that. Uh, Rich, you want to throw up the alley hoop? I will throw the alley, James. Hit the music. So um the 15th and the 16th shows um the 15th show i will run through the results but like that show was pretty mid 
Like, I think the best match probably three and a quarter. Um, so, well, let me get to my stardom section here. Uh, that's the reason why I pulled out the tablet so that I could see uh, my uh, notes. In, and what did I do? First thing I do, grab my phone. So, first match was uh, Mina versus uh, Waka. This is a match, a tune-up match to get Mina some, uh, you know, some wins before her match with Tekla. At I'm, I'm not gonna call her Thekla no, no more. Nope, like, not doing yeah. that. Yeah, JD from uh, from <laughs> from Redcast was like, you know, you know, it's actually Tekla, not Thekla. I was like, well, that's kind of my joke because like she's spelling the shit wrong and she speaks English. <laughs> So I was, I was like, if you want, if you want to put an H there for no reason, then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get on you. But I'll call, start calling her Tekla. So, um, so in in a in a uh, to wrap up for that match, they put me in a Rawaka, and boy, this was one of the worst matches I've seen in Stardom in a long time. That was mm. some like comedy bullshit match. Like they, man, they was fucking up some simple stuff. Like they fucked up a Romero special. How? Like you know. <sighs> Like Waka's leg, like wasn't like secured or slipped out, and she didn't do her part. And then like she was basically like a house of cards after that, and they fell down. And they didn't even try it again. It was like fuck it, we're just gonna move on. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, Mina went to slap on a figure four, and boy, the Miz uh, never slapped on a figure four this poorly before. Uh, it, it was she finally got to it. It looked ugly, but it, uh, she ended up um, she didn't bridge up, but she basically like. Uh, Mina basically, like, um, she positioned herself to get more leverage and, and walk immediately tapped out. That's the first time I've ever seen um, Mina use a figure four, but yeah, that's so she's using that now um, in her matches. Uh, like, I gave that shit one star. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, like, people on Cage Match gave it better than that, but like, I was just so out of like, this is it. This is what we're doing here. This is what we're doing. Uh, so, uh, next match after that, uh, a three way match. My. And Utami and Saki and man, like it, it was just like I feel like it would have been more compelling if they had made it a uh, a two on one handicap match because like it basically broke down that way the whole time anyway. We're like Saki, she knows she ain't no dummy. She's a vet. She wants no smoke with Utami. She's so she's like, hey, my you dumb, come help me fight this 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 fucking bear. <laughs> Uh, and, and then, you know, once we get the advantage, I'll double cross it because you're dumb. Uh, ultimately, Utami overcomes it, ends up, uh, laying out, uh, Mai with a, uh, deadlift German suplex. Uh, next match after that, Tam and Unagi versus, uh, Kamatani and, and Lady C. <sighs> I sent you a clip of this match. I sent y'all a clip of that match. Um, match is good. Uh, ultimately... At the end, you get Unagi in the ring with, um, in close stretch with, uh, Lady C. Um, and Unagi goes for her move, her, you know, her double underhook made in Japan looking deal. And she gets her up at the apex before she goes to drop her. And I'm looking at Lady C's neck and I'm in her head and I'm like, oh my God, she's not going to get her over. She's not going to be able to turn her over. And I I was was like, like... I was like, abort, abort mission or something. She drops her anyway, and Lady C at the very last second, as 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 Unagi goes to the the fall, it looks like she's about to land right on the top of her head. 
and um C at the last second like retucks her head so she was able to like instead of landing on the top of her head land on like this the back of her head and you can see the announce the uh the two announcers um in the background like you know they you know they're kind of like they were Rossi always sitting down there super stoic and don't react to anything you can see in their face like they just go to shock concern for a split second as you see as they see you know from behind her how her head landed um, and she doesn't move, um, until the, uh, the, you know, the ref comes to finish and then immediately pulls, pushes Unagi off of C and then like literally like puts her, you know, checks her hand to make sure she can still move. But like, as it's happening, like C's move or C's legs never move. So you're I'm just sitting there like, Oh my God. Like, did, you know, how bad is this? Cause I, I'm looking at the schedule ahead of time. Um, it's on Star's website to, but I'm in the section, so I don't see the spoilers or the match results. So I mm-hmm. see that like the matches, uh, for uh this past weekend shows didn't have her on it, so, and they said that, like they had to change the car because she was absent. I didn't know what her what happened, but as I see her neck, as I see that she's about to get dropped to the floor, I'm like, no, God, it's it's something bad. Like she just, yeah, but yeah, she um. You know, she she had control of her of her uh, motor skills, whatever else. And then they, uh, uh, Utami basically put on her back and walked her to the back. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a rough it was a rough landing. It could and it could have been worse. Um, by the grace of God, she decided to tuck her head right as, <coughs> as she's you know falling um, top of her head. So um, next match after that, you get uh, Mayu and Azuki and Kaguma versus the new or Julia's new uh, trio of Mariah and Tekla. Um, and they have a, a pretty, they have a pretty good match, like probably in a three and a quarter range. Um, it, I'm trying to think what, was there anything in particular special, uh, especially happened in this match? I can't remember anything. Um, I have nothing of note. Uh, the, I'll tell you the finish though. The, uh, the match ends up, oh yeah, the match goes to a draw. Like it's Tekla and Azuki or Tekla in, uh, Azuki uh, in the ring and like Tekla hits a buzzsaw kick and goes for a cover and Azuki ends up uh, like looks dead to rights and then like right as she hits a two count and you know you're at two and a half the the bell rings for the for 15 minute time limit draw uh, <laughs> this is actually one of the good, this is actually a really good finish um, so after that or, uh, the main event is uh, Shuri and Micah and Hameka versus Starlight Kid, Momo, and Rawaka. So, the pre-match promo, Shuri and uh, Hameka are like, where's Micah? Where is she? I can't find her. Like, I haven't seen her all week. Or all weekend. Where is she? And then all of a sudden, they're like, they see, they, they see somebody come into the ca- shot in frame of the camera, and they're like laughing. And next thing you know, Micah has a fucking bear hoodie on with like the hood up. I saw this. And, and she's stone faced. Don't, don't make, don't make a, all she does is blink. And she's looking like, a, like just turning around in a circle and like Shuri and Hameka are laughing. Like what, like just being goofy. Right. So come out. So they come all down to the ring and, um, she's basically, uh, I forgot what Koguma calls her. Oh, sorry. Uh, calls her Mike Kuma, which is like Kaguma and Micah together, like Bear Bear Micah. So she uh, she came out and she's dressed as a bear. Um, 
they they uh Oedo Tai jumps him at the bell. Ultimately, uh they have a they have a good match. It's not not nothing great or anything, especially for like a uh stardom main event. But um the closing stretch comes down to um Shuri being in there with uh Rowaka and she ends up uh hitting a bus lock kick and getting the win. Um, and that's, that was, uh, all for the Saturday show from the 15th, the 16th show, much better show, more like the shows that we're, we're accustomed to seeing, um, opener, uh, like I said, like it was supposed to be the, the car got flipped up. So you end up in the opener, Shiri in a, in a, uh, three on one handicap match versus Waka, my in Rowaka. And like, she just takes out all the one foul swoop. They finish is. She kicks one of them in the head. She slams the other one, Shuri, and then she ends up uh, lifting up Waka and putting her on her shoulder in fireman carry position. And then basically does like the uh, these Cedric Alexander uh, was what is it was it uh, uh, back adjustment a chiropractic adjustment except to the yes. gut except it was a gut buster <clears throat> instead of a instead of to the back and that's how she won with. I think she I forgot what she calls it, but it's something in Japanese. Uh, so. Next match after that, uh, Tam and Mina versus Julian Tekla, and you get Mina in there, and uh, Mina has a new shirt, a ba- and it's basically like a uh, comic book artist drew a sketch of her doing her pose, the Mina pose, and I don't know, this isn't actually being broadcast, and even if, and if it was broadcast, I'm like, I would have got clipped, like, why am I doing the, why am I doing the Mina pose to, in front of Rich on camera, what the fuck's going on, anyway, <laughs> so, uh, that's a shirt. It's it's her doing the Mina pose, and then like Tekla got a, a her own version of the shirt where like is Mina doing the pose, and then behind her is like uh, Tekla incoming with a with a with a sliding lariat to, to the back of Mina's head. <laughs> so, uh, so they started out um, scrapping it out, um, and they have they have good they have pretty good chemistry. Uh, I think they're gonna have a good match. Uh, how good I don't know, but I think they're gonna definitely have a good match at worst. Um, uh, obviously, you get Tam and Julie in there. They do the Tam and Julie thing where they beat the shit out of each other, um, and then they end up getting they fight to a draw. Uh, they both they basically run into the you know the closing stretch with Mina and Tekla. Tekla seemingly has the match one, and then um, Mina ends up pulling out her um, her flash finish like the Moana the Mina collection the, the, the glorious collection Mina Moana collection. I, I got a message. Uh, I got a message to the Giffers. Can y'all please, please stop clipping this Thecla spider walk and then spear? Like we've you've seen, seen how many it. times you've seen it already. I swear I've seen it like seven different times. Already. She does in every match because it started. You pretty much see everyone's spots in the same match every single time. Yeah, bro. Like and then are people like, like shot every time they see? Like, I never seen no shit like it before. Like, well, I've seen it a lot now. Like, bro. Like, I don't know. And then they all like go running at her. I'm like, somebody roll out the ring. Please, like. <laughs> well, you know, eventually someone she's gonna try. Uh, someone's gonna she's gonna try to do her spear after that, and like someone's gonna like catch her with a V trigger or a boot. Bruh, I can't wait till she tries that shit in front of Shuri, right? And then <laughs> Shuri just right the fuck fucking off. kick kicks her fucking block off while she's down <laughs> Look, in the spider. I want to. I want to see her wrestle Omega, right? So that like she does that, and then Omega does. It. Look, let me, let me, let me, let me, get, let me get my shit off. Let me, I don't know why you feel like what the fuck would ever happen. Like we look, we be we be out here booking dream matches all the time. Don't trip, right? I'm still waiting on my Danielson and Shuri match. But anyway, 
I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the Tekla Omega match where she does that and then like she runs immediately into one of those one of those uh makeshift uh V triggers where he where Omega don't run. You know like the base like the standing knee strike. I'm waiting for her to run into one of them. Do you remember the V trigger that he gave John Moxley at full gear when they broke the glass and shit and it was like it was like he just fucking launched through the air. Like I pictured that one. I just particularly like the one where it's like, oh, you, oh, you think you have me the rights? Nah, hold this. Uh, so, yeah. So, me and I up winning with the uh, uh, Winter Flash, uh, Malala Collection AT uh, finish, or Cradle, or Crucifix pin, whatever you want to call it. It's Wacky Lucha, Wacky Lucha pin. That's what I'll call it from here on forward. Mm-hmm. So, um, after that, you get Mayu and Hazuki and Kaguma, who have been tagging a lot lately as a, as a uh I think they're going to another shot at the trios titles eventually. Uh, but they're in there with Starlight Kid, Momo, and Saki. And in the pre-match promo, this is like one of the best uses of a pre-match promo in a while in Stardom, where Starlight Kid's like, you know, after I beat Kaguma those two times in the high-speed match and also that uh, in her high-speed singles match and that three-way match at uh, Sumo Hall, I've lost, I had lost interest in her, but like she won the tag title. So like, she's kind of, she's gotten, she's back on my radar um, and then, um, and then they went to stars and like, Hazuki's like, yeah, like after, after Sumo Hall and, <laughs> and Momo midway through our tag match with Takumi and Mayu left me out there to, to fight on my own and die. I want, I want my fair one. I, I want, I want my fade. Um, and then Mayu was like, you know, of course it's like, this is Saki. This is kid. This is Momo. Saki and Momo both betrayed me um, in the past, and like Starlight Kid left, so I won't smoke too. So like, um, this match is really fun. You start out with the high speed stuff between Kaguma and Kid. Um, you end up getting eventually Hazuki and Momo in there, and like, I can't believe that like they haven't had a singles match with each other since the 2019 Grand Prix. Like, I cannot believe during her during Hazuki's retirement uh tour she didn't get that match with momo because that would have been fucking electric and i think we're gonna want to get eventually uh this year and that's just gonna be a blast like they're fucking great together they mm-hmm. they just they basically like tammed and, and julia themselves with forearms just beat the shit out of each other um you get mayu in there with uh with momo at times mayu and Nerosaki, and they're they're doing they're doing their thing and ultimately at the end um you end up getting um I believe it was his, no, Kaguma in there with Saki, and um, Saki, you know, goes for Crucifix Pan, she's counted out of that, and then Kaguma ends up hitting her flash, uh, you know, uh, bridging schoolboy thing for the win. Uh, then you get a special singles match, the two challenges for the red and white belt, you get uh, Unagi, you get Mirai, um, you know, former, you know, Tokyo Joshi Pro, you know, young girls brought here, um, and they have a match, that's one of Unagi's better matches, uh, in in singles matches in Stardom. I probably gave I, it could probably be three and a half. I gave it three and a quarter. Um, goes fifteen minutes. Went it it moved a lot faster than I, than I thought it was going. Like I thought that by the time they got to the fifteen minute call or to the you know five minute call, I was like it felt like it was like eight minutes or something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, a lot of power from from Mirai. Um, I don't know how it's going to mesh with Shuri, but, you know, Shuri can make anything work. Um, 
Unagi. Unagi stepped up her game. Like that's the stuff she ad- she's added the stretch plum, um, working for submissions. Uh, during this match, um, me or uh, Marai actually slapped on a hoverboard lock and and uh, 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 Kamura with the hooks in. So like she was fighting and like uh, they got to a point to where Unagi put her in the uh, the gory special. Um, and she had to let go because her arm was too weak to actually like sink it in tight enough. Uh, and then they end up going to, to where like, um, Unagi had Mirai about to put her up. And then I get, I don't know if it was the booker that said, you you ain't allowed to use this move no more after you drop Lacey on her hair for a while or whatever else. But Mirai like back body dropped out of that. And then they went to it and then the time expired for a time limit draw. Um, and then the main event was Utami in uh Kamatani versus uh Micah and Hameka and I gotta say I think this is their best tag match together like those four um started out early with uh started out early and finished with uh Micah and, and Kamatani they just got it down pat together they just that's that's it that's they too like they're always they're always good together now always um like if you ask me like best people that Mike is with it's it's Utami and it's and then after that it's Kamatani at this point. Um, really great together. They get Utami in there with uh, Hameka and it just they just start running into each other with lariats. Lar- lariat, 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 and it's lariat. Awesome. Yes, uh, just hoss battling. Uh, they get back in there um, and they go down the closing stretch uh, with uh, with Micah. And Kamatani and Kamatani seemingly has the match one. I'm sorry, uh, Micah is beating her ass. Kamatani then hits a flash Rana, and then after the flash Rana, she uh, she goes for she hits her with a, I think a big boot. Um, uh, about to go, is about to go for her finish. Micah or Mike Hameka wipes her out. Then um, Micah ends up hitting a uh, her you know um, uh, Mishinoka driver two ends up pinning Kamatani. So, you know, you already know what that's gonna lead to. <laughs> they're gonna have they're gonna have white belt match. Uh so, sooner rather than later, I imagine. So uh so yeah, like they they've been heating up um Micah pretty much since pretty much right after the Grand Prix. Like No she, man, um, JD will be happy about that. Yeah, like she uh, you know, like she got her defense in um her red belt title shot at Utami in um the end of November, but like she had, you know, in Sumo Hall, anyway, she had, uh, well, let's go back further. Like, they retained their, they, they won the 10 million yen, right? They won the 10 million yen. Then at uh, Sumo Hall, in that trios match she was in, like, the finish was her base. Like, she, she, Michinoku Driver 2, like, all three members of, her, uh, of, uh, uh, Cosmic Angels dropped them all in her hand, got the pin by herself. She whooped. She didn't need Hameka or Nat support. She just beat them all, beat all their asses by herself. And then you know she just beat the white belt champion. I don't think she's lost yet uh, this year or been pinned or, or submitted this year. Like she, yeah. So um, they're keeping her very strong. This might be her year. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it for stardom. Um, uh, we're going to do a midweek show and I'll, I'll do the two shows from this weekend. Uh, they'll be up by then. We're going to, um, preview Royal Rumble with Floyd from, um, all things late. 
And um, then in the second half, we'll uh, preview or we'll do the last or this weekend stardom shows and preview the pay-per-view because that's also this weekend as well. So it'll be it'll be Royal Rumble on a Saturday versus stardom on a Saturday. I, gee, I wonder Royal Rumble was, Saturday. Yeah, it's moved to Saturday. This week, this week. I didn't even know. Yeah, wow. I think there's like eight, I think like eight of the pay-per-views this year are on a Saturday. Shots fired. Yeah. So. Um, let me, let me just make sure. I'm pretty sure, uh, that's what I was, t- that's what I remember hearing. Hold on. Royal gotcha. Rumble 2022 date. Yeah, man. So, uh, but yeah, make sure you guys are voting on the One Nation Radio Awards. Going to be trying to wrap those up shortly, seeing some more, uh, ballots come in, uh, slowly. So we're trying to, uh, get as much voting as possible to a couple close races. So yes, Saturday, January 29th is the Royal Rumble. Wow. Um, so we will see how that goes. Yeah. Same day as a, yeah. So that's going to be, f- f- I guess fun. I mean, it makes sense at least for this week. There's like, all right. So, um, they're actually running on the AFC chant. Like normally, um, they do it during the pro bowl week. Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think things are a little different because, you know, NFL moved to a 17 weeks or 17 game schedule supposed to those 16. So they'll just, they're running on a Saturday. They'll still have the weekend, but they'll avoid the, the, the football by a day. Um, and, you know, UFC was last weekend, you know, the Nganu match or fight. So, yeah. Uh, so a lot of stuff this weekend. Um, so we'll, we'll, get, we'll be back to y'all on Thursday and we'll cover all that stuff. We'll give you the previews. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the show. Um, thanks for listening y'all. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this with, um, hit God uh, as Rich mentioned with, um, the one nation radio awards, you know, links in the description, feel free to, uh, vote, vote for what, you know, leave the shit, leave the shit you don't know alone. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, be sure to also go to Red Circle and hit us up with a donation. Uh, that I believe that's in the description as well. Um, or if not, I will go over it. I will put it in there today. <laughs> Donations. So, uh, Donations. yeah, also be sure to check out the other shows on the network. Besides One Nation Radio, you have Keep It a Strong Style, The Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grown Men Watches Shit, The Grave Consequences Podcast, 8 Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator and AEW Match Guy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.